Ladies and gentlemen, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. All hands on deck, and welcome to this edition of the Hagman Report. It is Wednesday, August 30th, and the reason I give the date today, um, we're closing out, coming close to closing out a month of uh, a lot of news items. Of course, we're, we're still dealing with uh, the uh, hurricane aftermath in Houston, in that area. The and, and I, I don't want to just mention Houston because so much of a wide area down in Texas and Louisiana is suffering under floodwaters. What an incredible, uh, it's just really, it's, our prayers go out to those people. And, um, you know, we're doing what we can to, to, to help. Um, Global Star Radio Network, thank you so much for airing this broadcast as well as BTR Blog Talk Radio for the fine folks there. Uh, tune in to both. Uh, Global Star as well as BTR and of course for as long as we can on YouTube but the censorship is massive on this morning's program I want to mention this I'm going to toss it to Joe on this morning's program I, I introduced uh, the phrase Rotor Front Comfortbund you, can you say that three times fast Rotor Front Comfortbund uh, Comfortbund which is German for Alliance of the Red Front Fighters. It's abbreviated RFB. Perhaps a better way to to uh, identify it would be Red Front or Rot Front. Red Front. And the emphasis of my, my show today was to get people understanding when they see that Antifa march out there. And you see that clenched fist in the signs of the Antifa people. Understand where that where that it come from in modern times. This rotor front comfort bund, and I know, you know, I took three years of German, 40 years ago. Okay, so, uh, you'd think I could pronounce, well, I can't even pronounce English words, but that, that aside. This was the paramilitary organization of the Communist Party of Germany during the Weimar Republic in the pre-World War II days. And the, uh, in fact, the first groups, the local groups of the RFB, were established back in July 1924. Or, yeah, 1924. Um, but this was a true communist organization. It was a paramilitary organization. And it was to fight against the National Socialists, the Nazis. What it turned out to be, and the whole Nazi versus the Rot Front or the um, and I'm not going to try to pronounce it again, but you get the idea, the Red Front. This was something different. And I would urge people to understand the history behind that. And the reason I bring this up, I did address this in my program, the reason I brought, I brought this up is because we are fighting in America today this Antifa, this leftist communist party, this collective. And it is a collective, and it is leftist, it's communist. It's totally pure communist. And that, that fist, that up near fist, of course, the clench fist was responsible for, um, or the rod front was responsible for the, um, 
fight against the Nazis. And this is what we are led to believe that, hey, these Antifa thugs are fighting against the communist, or the, against the, uh, national socialists, against the Nazis here in, in this country. You see how the, the pretext is so tenuous, but yet, it, it, they're, they're attempting to make it believable. And that's what I addressed today in, in the, in my, uh, my morning show. I wanted to plug that, I want to throw that out there because I think the, the history behind the communist movement in this country and what they have, uh, the template that they have created in today. If you look back in history, look how, look what happened back in Germany, 1920s, um, and, and the violence, the ultimate violence between the Nazis, the real Nazis now, in this Communist Party. Joe, what did you, what did, you and John had, uh, uh, yeah, you and John had a good show today. Yeah, we did. We got into um, a lot today on the show. We talked about Antifa a little bit and some of the media coverage. We also talked about President Trump pardon, pardoning Sheriff Joe Arpaio, and we played a clip of Jim Acosta asking President Trump a question about that pardon, where he responded with a laundry list of facts, there you go. pointing out the past pardons of, of past presidents from Bush to Clinton, and specifically Obama, going through the list of, you know, whether underground terrorists that were pardoned, yep. uh, other terrorists that were pardoned, murderers that were pardoned, drug dealers that were pardoned, and the left, and nobody seemed to have a problem with those pardons, but Sheriff Joe Pio, uh convicted after not being given a fair trial by a jury of his peers instead a federal judge uh, convicted him, and he was convicted for doing his job enforcing immigration law in his county, and he was railroaded. And everybody agrees that he was railroaded, except you're part of the, you know, insane left, um, you know. And this was the right move. Many people were uh, taking Trump to task not only for the pardon, but the timing of the pardon, saying that doing so on Friday, the day that the Hurricane Harvey was making landfall in Texas, they were... They were claiming that he was trying to steal the show, steal the news coverage uh, by issuing the pardon. But in reality, it was a, a fantastic news dump by Trump, uh, strategically planned. You know, news dumps are done primarily on Fridays with the hope that most people are, are paying attention to the weekend more so than the news cycle. So they do these news dumps on Friday. And he did so at the same time a, a massive hurricane was hitting the country to hopefully keep it more buried in the news. But obviously everything the president does comes under uh, just insane scrutiny, and this was no different. Looking at a number of uh, folks, go to HagmanReport.com. Bookmark that site. Eric's been been working on it. He's been doing, uh, and he's done a number of, of cosmetic changes to the site, and it looks really good. Um, we got some some great stuff up there. There is uh, Peter Chowka read an article today. Vile Kathy Griffin is back. And it talks about her uh, latest, um, uh, she was on an interview where she took back her apology about the severed Donald Trump head. And no, That didn't take long. <clears throat> no, it, it didn't. Uh, and there's a, a few other um, interesting stories up there. The media going after Trump and the Texas flood victims. Now, on newsbusters.org, there's a few cartoons 
uh, Charlie Hebdo cover mocks Texas vi- victims as drowning Nazis, as well as a political uh, Politico cartoon that basically says the uh, Texans are uh, Confederate neo-Nazis that want to secede from the Union and that they're being rescued by government and it's it's, uh, hypocritical they say that they're being rescued by government when they want to secede from the country Uh, it's obviously just they're just constantly uh, mocking and and, uh, trying to continue to further divide the country at a time when you see the, you know, how the real heart of, of the American people are coming together to help all the people in Houston. They're continuing to try to, to promote and push this uh, division, this political division in the country. <clears throat> also, there's an interesting story about the Amir and Awan that is up on Hagman Report House account, and it's tied to intelligence staffer. A former IT aide suspected of stealing equipment and data from Congress still has an active secret email account on the House computer system, even though he has been banned from the congressional network because of a criminal investigation into cybersecurity violations. Uh, the article is on Hagman Report, goes back to the Daily Caller, and it talks about the Amir and Awan and his uh, secret account that he has, which is tied to an intelligence staffer. Folks, you can read that article at HagmanReport.com. Yeah, you see that? There's like a little fly down here. And it keeps yeah, buzzing it's around. not a little fly. It's, a, it's just a regular fly that... Uh, it keeps yeah, buzzing we're around. Trying to, we're trying to... Oh, no, we're like Obama. Okay. We're, we're full of it, right? No. And uh, we have... Yeah. Um, Go ahead. We have our guest in this first hour, Lisa Haven, with us. She's going to come on to talk about a number of uh, things. And, and Lisa, it's great to have you back on the show. We didn't get a chance to talk before the show, but I saw one of your YouTubes today. And I believe this is what you want to lead off with. You found a congressional report from uh, 1977 that details some very interesting things. Lisa, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm excited. Arpaio Arpaio got pardoned. Uh, I'm in Arizona, and I love the heck out of him, and he's been with us for years. He shouldn't have ever been in jail in the first place. So I'm excited and hoping, you know, the judge goes forward and it all goes get any better. Otherwise, he, otherwise he's in a lot of trouble with us Arizonans here. <laughs> but that aside, um, yeah, this report that I did, it's pretty bombshell, and I've actually been reading through it for the past couple of days. And um, what it is is there's two of them. One's a congressional hearing that I've read through, and it's hundreds of pages long. Um, but it is it is called Biological Testing Involving Human Subjects by the Department of Defense, and that's from 1977. And it's a hearing on this. So so what what they've done is they had this congressional hearing back in 1977 to talk about all the times that they have experimented on the population unwittingly and wittingly, meaning people who were involved and knew about the testing and people who were unknowingly test subjects. So they're having this hearing trying to discuss uh, how to make that stop. 
But in the discussion, do you find that there's over, and this is only going back to 1977 and prior to 1977, I can only imagine going forward, they don't give us that information because they don't unclassify stuff for like 50 years, so we won't even know the extent today. But in there, there was over 239 different experiments, and they categorized, and I'll share some of them a little later, uh, but these were all done on the people, all all documented, all reported, and it also reported that the U.S. Army conducted, um, you know, a lot of these on unsuspected persons, everything from uh, bacterias to, you know, you know, mind control to, uh, you know, a lot of it was medical related, like they would want to test the strain of the flu or certain reactions to fluids, and they would just drop it. And the places that are referenced in particular are like your New York City, you have your subways, your airports, your um, all the main areas that you think of. That's the areas that they're dropping them in. And then not only was it conducted by government organizations like the military and also the um, the, Depart- the agricultural department also did it as well, uh, but also that obviously the DOD and uh, the private sector was also doing it. So lots of crazy experiments. And, and I think that, you know, it's I like to bring up some of these older documents because people forget and they think, oh, that's not true. We are, we're not being experimented on and no, that's that's just out there. And the fact of the matter is it's 100% true. It's 100% happening. Here's proof from 1977. Imagine what's happening today. And I kind of, you know, got the idea to go back into it because of what happened in the United Kingdom. I don't know if you guys saw the report on the mist that hit the UK. Did you guys see that? No. Yep, I did. I, I, I saw so. that. And it was, uh, did they, was there any resolution to the uh, origins? Not a full resolution. I know there was some talk that it could have been, you know, some ship in the area, um, but it's, it's under investigation. There's nothing that's solid, but it's basically a mist that there was hundreds of people on the beach in the United Kingdom, and I'm blanking on the name of the beach, but they were there, and all of a sudden this mist comes in, and they just think it's a fog, and everybody spits in it. Well, it sent hundreds of people to the hospital. People were rubbing their eyes, itchy skin, you know, watery eyes, these kinds of things, hard breathing uh, was also reported there. But these are the kinds of things that they'll pin it to something else when all along it was an experiment done on humankind. Now, um, which I thought, gosh, you know, and they're, they're still doing that today. They do it with us. I, I've reported on this a couple of times on my channels, but, um, about eight or nine years ago, I had some good friends at Luke Air Force Base in the Valley and uh, a friend of mine, uh, she was told by the director there because she was actually good friends with them and I was good friends with her to, to say it. But he told her to stay inside because they were going to test the strain of the flu over uh, the valley that particular day. And so she was told to stay indoors to, to not be, you know, impacted by this particular strain. And obviously shortly thereafter, people started getting sick and the whole nine yards. But these are just little tidbits of things that I've heard on the inside that actually happen, but yet we're not hearing anything about it. And here's the thing, the the office of the president, the executive office, we have the president, he doesn't know about all of this. We've got so many divisions within the government that each division is kind of their own little 
thing and they will go off on their own tangent, the CIA, the DOD, and do their own thing. And so there's lots of experiments being conducted by the different departments within the government. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. And it, it makes sense that the uh, ex- uh, chief executive officer, the uh, president, does not know, the executive branch does not know, and it's unfortunate because I think I think a lot of things would change if he did. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're seeing that insulation additional insulation around President Trump, just as an aside to what you're saying, but uh, I don't want to get too far in the weeds there on, uh, off the topic, but yeah, yeah, it's, it makes perfect sense, and it's it's a shame that we have to see this, um, but back to your topic of the uh, of the finding, uh, the congressional findings, and uh, I mean, this is shameful, isn't it? This is horrible. It is horrible. It it just makes me sick to my stomach. I mean, we are supposed to be a free country, and we're not guinea pigs. And they even stated that in the report. The first, I would encourage everybody, you know, go get that report, check it out. You can Google it if you just put in, uh, you know, biological testing involving human subjects by the DOD 1977 Hearing Subcommittee on Health and Scientific Research. Uh, that's kind of it in a nutshell. But if you Google that or you can go to my channel and grab it on the YouTube video, there's a section with more information. Read the first four pages, uh, probably some of the most opening stuff. But um, if you're going to go through it, go through at least that. And what you're going to find is the admission of it. Uh, the uh, the evidence for it comes later in the document, but the full-fledged admission from Congress, from all the various departments, uh, the admission that it's done by the private sector, the admission that it's done by witting and unwitting, two, done to people who know about it and two people who don't. Uh, and so there's a lot of detail even in the beginning of that report, but it's not something that's gone. And they even said that the people didn't like it because we're guinea pigs. And then they went on to debate whether or not the people should have consent about it. <laughs> no, you know. Or as if, if it was a, even, yeah, as if that that should even be a, a a question by itself. I mean, come on, yeah, it's ridiculous. Exactly. Wow. It, so it's like, yeah, no, we have a say. We have a say, you know, and we don't. We have a right if we want to be a guinea pig or not. And I sure the heck don't want to be a guinea pig for any department of the government. No, no, I, I totally agree. No. I just wonder how many people, when confronted with this evidence in 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 the form of a congressional report, would would deny, even looking at that, would deny its existence or deny its authenticity or just deny that oh this stuff doesn't happen. You know, it's it, it's just amazing to me the the level of, of, of absurd denial out there. But yeah, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's why I try to go and find the actual documentations. Um, and try to pull up the document so you can't say this is just a, a bunch of hellabaluga or, you know, blown out of the water. Uh, I have the document in front of me. You can even go to the government website and grab it for yourself, you know? <laughs> so it's like the people still are like, yeah, that's not real. I'm like, yeah, okay, have a nice day, you know? But that's why in my channel I try to focus, well, let me show you the solid evidence. And then here you have it. And um, there was solid evidence. I even um, brought up some of them. I think, uh, you know, Project Artichoke later morphed into MKUltra was one. Uh, Project um, Plume Bob was another. Uh, there was a few that I had brought extra documents onto about that. Here's just some of the things that they've done over the years to give you a kind of brief. Uh, in 1911, a doctor for the Rockefeller Institute, right, at the time, injected 145 hospital patients with syphilis uh, and, and 
they weren't given a willing or unwilling thing. 1919, uh, there were uh, testicular transplant experiments on inmates in the prison. We know that this happens often in prisons and mental institutions. Uh, under the support, again, of the Rockefeller Institute, they infected humans with cancer cells. Now, this is 1931, 1932, another syphilis study. 1935 millions of people died from for 20 years that it was caused by a certain deficiency, but they didn't want to tell the population uh, because they wanted to study the effects of it. They wanted to see how it worked. Millions died as a result. Uh, 400 prisoners in Chicago injected with malaria. That was in 1940. That was a, a bigger report. Many probably heard of that. Um, during World War I, President Wilson created Chemical Warfare Service as a branch of the U.S. Army uh, to conduct the mustard gas experiment. That's another prominent one. Over 4,000 members of the armed forces. And look, this goes on and on. 16 mentally disabled uh, patients refrigerated for 120 hours to study the effects. That's 1943. Project Paperclip. Um, uh, you know, and so, look, I have like, I don't know, like 80 of these. <laughs> it's disturbing. And, and it goes all the way to 19. I think I had some. Uh, let me let me share some current ones. Okay. Um, CIA poisons the drinking water with chemicals in D.C. Or more, not so current, but that's 1968, a little bit more. 1975, a cancer-causing virus is developed at a virus section at Fort Detrick Center for Biological Warfare. Uh, it is also believed that the facility harbors the, the virus with no immunity. Uh, now, all these have links, so if people go to my channel, they can actually read the document that's linked to it. So I'm not just spilling it. There's a document there for it. Uh, 1978 CDC conducts experiments on New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco with the Hep B vaccine, and they actually used gay men as their guinea pigs. Uh, by 1930, 30% of the test patients became HIV positive. So, <laughs> 1980... Oh, Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt, but there's... Um, uh, we, I remember maybe five years ago there was a story about some documents being released revealing the extent of uh, STDs that were given to a number of people in South America by uh, the U.S. through a uh, false vaccination program. But they were really, uh, I think it was 40,000 people were infected with, with syphilis, if I remember correctly, or uh, it was one of those diseases. Yeah, and, yeah not only do we do it here. they didn't even apologize for it. After it came out, after the, after the information came out, uh, this came out during the Obama administration. They refused to apologize for infecting the 40,000 people, uh, and this was done in the 70s. But I didn't mean to interrupt the, uh, the list. Mm. No, that's good. That's good. That's the thing. And Bill Clinton even apologized. Uh, I have a clip of him apologizing, and um, I'm forgetting what specifically for, but for it was for doing some kind of experiment on the population. Here, Here's one from 1990, a little more. Up, but 1,500 babies, black and Hispanic babies in particular in California, were given the measles vaccine. Parents were not told that their kids were used as those experiments. Let me just vaccinate your child, and you have no say in that. Uh, 1994, John D. Rockefeller claimed that for the last 50 years, the DOD had conducted thousands of experiments on military personnel. That's your this one you've probably heard a lot about, the nerve gas, the mustard gas, the ionizing radi radiation, the chemicals, hallucinogen, drugs, all during that time. A lot of that is pretty public. 
Um, and then obviously 1996, Gulf War soldiers exposed to chemical agents. 2000, the U.S. Air Force and um, rocket marker Lockheed Martin sponsored a Loma Linda University study that pays 100 Californians to consume a dose of perchlorate, a toxin component of rocket fuel that causes cancer and can mess up babies and, and serve as, you know, obviously hinder you from the ability to have babies. And that's just the piece, you know, that's 2000. There, there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been released that we're not being told about that they are using you and me and people all across the country as guinea pigs. And I'm just sick of it. We, we have a right to know. We have a congressional hearing on it. We have all the documentation. And people think a lot of, of um, a lot of us are well aware. So your listeners, my listeners, we are, we know what's going on. But a lot of people are so unaware. And yet it continues to happen like under the radar. And I think we just need to continually bring awareness to it because we can't allow that to go on anymore. No, you're exactly right. Just the other day, the BBC ran an article that said um, lithium. We should put lithium in the drinking water to help bipolar disorder in the overall general mood of the population. We see stories like that all the time, and we know a number of other chemicals, uh, you know, the stuff that they, they spray in the air, put in the food, uh, the, you know, bisphenol A that's in the plastic uh, bottles and containers, the number of chemicals they use from sure. the FDA and, and the EPA that make their way, um, you know, into our food supply, the, the glyphosate and whatnot. And this is, um, you know, you have what you talked about, which is the, you know, intentionally experimenting on unwitting uh, participants in, in the civilian population. But then you also have, you know, this mass dosing of the population through toxins that are put in food and water in the air that we don't, you know, don't even really know about that's not being done by, for, uh, scientific study purposes, that is just killing us anyway. And, and if I can, if I can just add one thing, Lisa and Joe, uh, to what you were saying, uh, Lisa, uh, Owen Schroyer from InfoWars was uh, at an Antifa protest. I don't know whether you saw this clip or not. And, um, there were some comments by, by the Antifa, well, I don't want to say they're, they're, they're Antifa. They were anti-Trump protesters of different ilks. But one of the shouts was about, uh, just stick to your fake stories about uh, gay frogs. Okay. And, and that's kind of touches on what you're saying there. The people are so clueless about what the hell's going on. I'm sorry. I just and had Lisa, to throw that in there. We're right up against the, the break, folks. Our guest is Lisa Haven. Go to her YouTube channel and make sure you subscribe. Uh, there, Eric has it up on the screen. And um, go to her website. Is it lisahaven.com or dot .net? Dot .news. Dot .news. Dot .news. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah, lisahaven.news and her YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe there. She has awesome content that she puts up daily, and it's a show we are, a channel we are subscribed to and follow regularly. We'll be right back on this edition of the Hagman Report. Don't go anywhere. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back.
In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. Kirkus Review states, Readers of end times fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Wink Reviews boldly states, Fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. Uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman Report, we are joined by our guest, Lisa Haven. And just uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, some discoveries that she's made and, and has been reporting on as far as the uh, military and the U.S. government infecting and sickening other people uh, by using them as human guinea, guinea pigs for their experimental purposes. And during the break, we, we started to talk about a topic that we should really get into here in this segment, that is the oppressive nature and censorship that we are seeing all across the internet on social media on youtube and uh internet service providers are going after websites and google is you know continuing to clamp down uh, by making it harder for people to find conservative leaning content what do you think lisa uh how long are we gonna i mean they've done everything they can to demonetize and and you know hide the content from other people what's the next step i mean are we going to even have platforms we're allowed to to broadcast on anymore 
I don't know. And that's the scary part. Like, you know, when I think about it all, it, YouTube kind of went backwards the second that, that Google took over. And we knew, we know Google is in bed with the left. That's just the truth of it. Uh, we know that through the Google memo, through James DeMore, who went and said, hey, you're pointing out conservatives. You're saying I can't have a view on what conservatives say. And he stood up as a Google employee and stood against Google and said, I feel like I'm bashed if I, if I say I'm a conservative or have those certain views. And he was fired as a result. But see, at least then he stood against and, and filed a lawsuit. I think in order to win this thing, we have to, in mass, file lawsuits, stand against. I mean, we really have to take action. If we sit back with our hands tied and just let us, let them slap us in the face, they are going to slap us in the face and we're going to get drugged in the mud and we can't do it alone. And that's the thing. I mean, all your listeners, all my listeners, everyone has to help do it together. Um, I have a friend, and I, I told you this off air, but High Impact Flicks, he has a YouTube channel with over 300,000 some odd subscribers, and he recently got slammed off of or taken off of YouTube, but in a devious kind of way where Google said, oh, we're going to take away your Google Plus account. Well, in order to have a YouTube channel, you have to have a Google Plus account. So they took his Google Plus account. He wasn't allowed on there for three days. Uh, and finally, through dialogue back and forth, they came around and let him back on, but only because he also got a lot of his viewers. Um, he had like a friend put up a video through his system, but he got a lot of them to email Google and YouTube and say, you better put him back on or we're going to drop you. And that's kind of what we have to do. We have to, to go against them. Otherwise, we're in a lot of trouble and we're going to lose it. And we really are in an information war. And, and look, you, you, that you guys over there are on the front lines. I'm on the front lines. InfoWars is on the front lines. All the other YouTube channels, we're all on the front lines and we're in the battlefield. So what we see and what they're doing to us, we have to make it public. We have to let people know and we have to ask for people to help us make action, help us fix this. Because if we don't, and if we don't stand together, and if we don't do it now, uh, then we are going to have a suppression of our constitutional rights in the very near future. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, one thing that's interesting in the media as of late is we see more news organizations actually calling out the Antifa people for being the violent fascist thugs that they are. And I don't know if they're doing this because of the immense blowback they have been getting for not covering that side of things or what the case is. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I think, well, maybe if they're going to start, you know, covering this for, for the, the way that it is and the truth of the matter as, you know, that they are these, this violent extremist group, um, you know, maybe some of these corporations and companies will stop listening to their demands of, of silencing, um, you know, other broadcasters and, and organizations that they disagree with. At the same time, you know, you have uh, still the, this progressive left that is not involved with Antifa, but they're still just extreme in their political views, and they are really going after capitalists. And, uh, you know, one of the Antifa chat chants this weekend uh, you know, was going after the police officers and, and ended up, you know, saying no cops, no America at all. And maybe, uh, you know, if we're lucky, we'll see the, the media actually calling this what it is that these people are anti-American, uh, domestic extremists. But 
I believe that the left is going to continue to uh, be oppressive and tyrannical in their uh, silencing of conservative and right-leaning um, news sites and organizations. And what's really crazy is the fact that it is not just the far right or the white supremacists they're going after. They have labeled all people who are Trump supporters who are voting uh, or who want to see the Trump agenda implemented as Nazis, as you know, right-wing uh, white supremacist extremists. And it's very disheartening, and we see the continuation of, uh, you know, these calls for violence, and, and people are putting on more rallies. It's going to continue to be a tense situation, but what will be interesting to see is we have some, um, you know, pushback as far as lawsuits. People are starting to come together to sue YouTube, to sue Google, and I think we need more of this uh, happening. I think people in the alternative media need to band together, join these lawsuits, and take action as best that they can because we can't sit back and take this and let them um you know just silence us into non-existence and that's the way it's going to go if we don't push back amen to that and uh, i mean on a side note i'll ask did you guys get that because i'm part of a lawsuit did you guys get that information that i sent yes. to john yes okay good yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's that's just it i mean i'm happy to see that they're actually pointing out some antifa thugs and it's only i believe like you said john because of the pressure that's been put, i mean joe uh, that's been put on the people because of the pressure that the people are putting on the mainstream media and they're losing credibility cnn is ablaze right now. People are, I, I've even noticed like at my gym, I was so excited. I'm like, can you turn off CNN? <laughs> but I think more of them are starting to switch over to Fox and turn off CNN because of the attacks that Donald Trump is doing. So I would encourage everyone, we have to continue that battle and just say, you know, when, when somebody says, oh, I saw this story on CNN, say, yeah, they're fake news. Why do you even watch them? Move on. You know, don't make it a battle of conservative versus right, left, you know, none of that. Just we have to do it in such a way that we're all doing it together and say, oh, that's not a good one. Yeah, move on. Right. But we have to take initiative and we have to do that and we have to start winning people and showing them the truth. And they're not going to get that on CNN or MSNBC or ABC or, quite frankly, any of the mainstream media. And that's why we're hated and attacked so much. When Donald Trump got in, things lit a blaze for us. The censorship went skyrocketing. I mean, like, mm -hmm. and I think that's because the left and the globalist and the deep state, they all freaked out because they're seeing that we're actually making an impact. Yeah, and that's right. And that says a lot for you. It says a lot for us. We're making a difference, therefore we're on the, we're getting the brunt of the censorship. And folks, support Lisa Haven, lisahaven.news, and of course subscribe to her YouTube channel. Everyone, I'm sure, knows her. Um, I, 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 can, can I call for a diesel cam? Uh, <laughs> we should have a diesel cam. But no, Lisa yeah, Haven, Lisa Haven is, is fantastic, and of course, uh, her dog diesel. There, there's diesel. There's diesel. There you go. Awesome. Yeah, he melts like butter when he gets in my land, huh? Oh, <laughs> see, now, now this, this is what really, uh, th this is reality, this is life, this is, uh, th th there's, there's nothing fake about what's going on here, and I love it. So, uh, Lisa, you, you know, you are just wonderful. Yeah, wanna, what, go ahead. Want to switch gears here and ask you about the latest that we're seeing out of, out of North Korea. 
the missile launch over Japan um, that has the the world, I guess you could say, back on edge to some degree, worried about what North Korea is capable of and what they, as they say, they're going to continue to do these missile tests. Um, with, the, with the missile they launched over Japan, you have a no, number of countries that are around North Korea. Um, Japan obviously doesn't really have the capabilities to launch missiles back at North Korea, but you have South Korea threatening North Korea now over their latest missile launch, and you have China, uh, as well as the UN, uh, stepping into war in North Korea. That what they're doing is, you know, could potentially lead to war. Anything? Uh, what do you see happening with this North Korea situation? Do you think it's going to continue to fizzle away like we've seen it do so many times in the media in the past? Do you think that? Uh, will allow continue to allow these missile tests to, to continue, or do you think we'll see some type of retaliation, whether shooting down of a missile, uh, you know, verbal threats? What do you think is going to transpire from this North Korea issue? Well, I know that they recently re-threatened Guam a couple hours ago. <laughs> Just adding a little bit, I'm like, oh, I saw that real quick. But and before I answer that, I want to say one quick thing. I I did a report a couple of week a couple of days ago or about a week ago, uh, that I, I found this um, North Korean news source, and it starts with a U. It's got a funky name. I can't pronounce it. But they had this counter on there. Like, at the end of the video is this countdown, and it ended. Originally, I thought it ended on the 27th, but it actually ended on the 28th. It was the last – there was the unhighlighted day. Was The last one was the 27th. The last highlighted day was the 28th. So it could have been either or, and I had said the 27th. But actually, as it turns out, it was on the 28th. So that video turned out to be an adver, an advertisement that, uh, North Korea was going to shoot and launch a missile over Japan on the 28th. And that's exactly what they did. But it was hidden in this news video. So I subscribed to that channel in case they put any more stuff out. But it was like this mysterious countdown. It was crazy. And then when I heard the thing in Japan, I'm like, yep. Okay. That lays precedence to it, you know, precedence, but. Um, as far as what they're going to do, you know, I I have no idea. I think I that think eventually, no, because he's like he's pushing the envelope more than he normally has, you know, by especially by sending something over Japan. This is a little bit of a cross line for me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I see him shooting missiles all the time, left and right. They do that. They've done that a lot. But to cross the line and go over Japan, now we're kind of in a new neighborhood in my opinion, because normally it stays on the other side, you know, but, um, and then, so I think we are going to shoot some missiles at some point out of the air. I do see that that's a possible response from America, maybe, uh, you know, China or, or wh- whoever, but um, I don't know how long they'll let it go on, especially with Trump in office. Uh, so it's anyone's game. It's hard really to say, but I would say, We'll definitely at some point shoot some of those missiles down. Uh, As far as Kim Jong-un himself, uh, I have no idea. (laughs) Okay. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. There's a lot of players. What do you guys think? I mean, what's your view? I mean, where do you think he's headed? Mm. You know, I I go back and forth, but um, I do believe that North Korea is – I believe that there is obviously this big international global conspiracy of elites who really control what nations like North Korea do, as well as America and China, and I believe that they have some plan to deceive the American people in some way, at the same time bring down North Korea. It's also one of the few countries that are left without a 
a bank of international settlements or a central bank. So they're going to have to, when they, in order to bring in their new world order, they're going to have to neutralize those last countries that don't have those banks. I think in the overall planning, yes, the U.S. will go to war with North Korea uh, as well, or um, North Korea and Iran. Those are the two countries that are, you know, constantly paraded in our news as being our, our, our enemies and, you know, the biggest threats to our country. At least North Korea is using the rhetoric, acting like it. But like, kind of like Iraq with Saddam Hussein in Iraq, there was, you know, some secret agreements that the Iraqi government had with the U.S. government. And I believe, you know, part of the invasion of Kuwait that Saddam Hussein carried out, he was urged to do that or given the green light to do it by, you know, the U.S. government. Then we turned around and, and kind of gave him a slap on the wrist, uh, then later to, to take him out years afterwards. And I believe something similar with North Korea and China, uh, the U.S. and China. Um, China uses North Korea as its uh, kind of like attack dog or the wild card. And I think that there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we really don't know about, nor will we ever know about. But they do have a grand plan uh, for North Korea, the U.S., China, Russia, and Iran. I think I agree with that assessment, especially when you consider, you know, the central bank that that there's not one there. I mean, I think that's definitely a play in the, the deck of the New World Order. They're going to need that in order to implement what they want to do, in order to do what they want to do. I think that's a key factor as far as North Korea is concerned. So I agree. Yeah, it should be, uh, you know, <laughs> we're in very volatile times, and uh, it seems to be no different with international relations. Uh, Lisa, we got about 12 minutes left. Is there anything else that you want to cover that we uh, didn't get get a chance to get into yet? Yeah, there's one more. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the – there is a bill that recently was passed on August 22nd, 2017. It's called House uh, Resolution 76. Have you guys uh, seen that one yet? No. What's the name? Um, House – HR 76. Well, no, I mean uh, yeah. the title of the bill. Um. Well, hold on. I gotta open is, it. <laughs> uh, is, is that the uh, the warrantless separation? searches? Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. Because uh, all right. They're it's, sep- it's brand new. Okay. They, they, it's well. Here it's granting the consent and approval of Congress for the Commonwealth of Virginia, Maryland, and the DOC, the District of Columbia, to enter into a compact relating to the establishment of Watch- Washington Metro Rail Safety Commission. Basically, it allows you know those in the government to do what they need to do on the Metro Rail. Okay. Right. Which overall, overall, there's nothing wrong with that. Great, we need that. They have to have oversight. They have to be able to access those areas. What I take problem with, and and all. All of the um, congressmen signed it except for five. But what I what I take issue with is um, there's verbiage hidden a little further on in the bill, I think about page four, and here's what it says, and I'm going to read it, and it says, Enter upon the WMATA rail system and upon reasonable notice and a finding by the chief executive order that a need exists upon any lands, water, or premises adjacent to, that means any homes nearby the railway system, uh, including no limitations, property owned or occupied by the government for the purpose of making inspections, investigations, examinations, and testing as a commission may deem necessary to carry out the purposes of the MSC compact, and such entry shall not be deemed as a trespass. 
which means they just come on your property. The commission shall make reasonable reimbursement for any damages done to the property. Um, the issue that I take with that is, number one, this is basically allowing uh, searches and seizures without, um, and I want to, okay, here, yeah, okay. Allowing searches and seizures in Virginia, Maryland, and the District of Columbia of all those who live in the vicinity or in the proximity of that rail system. So if you're in that area and they want to do some kind of inspection on your property, they literally can come in without a warrant, without a reason, and go on your property with, without any of that. And that's what this bill allows. So... Uh, they really need to take off that section because I don't care who you are. Just because you live close to something doesn't mean that the government can go and knock on your door in the name of inspection uh, and, and access your property in that manner. Uh, and like I said, there was five uh, people who stood against this. Against this, One of them was Just, Justin Amash. I think he's Michigan, and that could be wrong, but Justin Amash, A-M-A-S-H, He's a representative, and he sent out a tweet the day that this thing was passed, and this is what he said in his tweet. Uh, Only five of us voted against the bill allowing government to enter search private property in parts of Virginia, uh, uh, District of Columbia, and Maryland. And then he goes, without a warrant. So he admits that this is basically a warrantless seizure to those who are near the rail system, uh, but he was very unhappy that the bill had passed and even put it on his Twitter page, and he's one of the representatives there. Uh, so that's why, you know, and it, it was actually signed and sealed. Unfortunately, I wish Trump hadn't signed it, but he did, and I love the heck out of Trump. But I, I think this section just needs a little more attention to and brought out of that bill. No, absolutely. And, um, you know, we got to keep Trump accountable. Uh, there's going to be things that he does that we do not agree with, and we need to call him out when that does happen. Lisa, I want to kind of switch gears here as we're in the last few minutes. This article is from the Huffington Post, and I want to get your opinion on it because I know this is, these are issues that you deal with on a regular basis. Hundreds of Christian leaders denounce anti-LGBT Nashville statement. A day after evangelical leaders released a manifesto railing against same-sex marriage and the LGBT community, hundreds of Christian leaders and thousands of other concerned citizens have come forward with a strong message of inclusion. We affirm that every human being is created in the image and likeness of God, and that the great diversity expressed in humanity through our wide spectrum of unique sexualities and gender identities is a perfect reflection of the magnitude of God's creative work, according to a statement from Christians United, signed by over 300 religious leaders, educators, and activists from all major Christian denominations. It goes on to say, We stand in solidarity with LGBT folks and commit to standing alongside them in the work of resisting those who persecute them. And again, this is uh, a number of uh, over 300 Christian uh, church organization leaders, as well as a number of citizens, have come together to say this. What do you think about the sentence here, where they say that the diversity of sexualities and gender identities is the perfect reflection of the magnitude of God's creative work? <laughs> well, you know, when you think about what the Bible actually has to say, it's in stark contradiction. It says, "And I created them, male and female. Problem solved." <laughs> you know, so. 
you know, that you have in the beginning. And throughout the book, the Lord calls out in, in the Bible, you know, things are sinful. You lie, you cheat, you commit adultery, you, uh, same sex, mar- same sex, uh, have women with women, uh, homosexuality. All these things are sins and sins in the Bible. So for these religious leaders, I question what kind of religious Bible are they reading? Because if you're going to take the Bible for what it is, I think you either have to take it all for what it is and follow it, or you don't take any of it. There's no, well, I'll take this part because this part appeases me, but this one I want to leave out and this one I don't want to leave out. And I think that's why many Christians get frustrated with some of those religious leaders because they change and move with the flow uh, regardless of what it has to say in scripture and, um, and that's why I think a lot of Christians are frustrated with the church because the church isn't the church anymore when they can divert from the word of God and go on this tangent and whatever appeases, you know, their ears. And, and I know that this is something we were warned about, uh, that would come. And I think we're just living in that generation, living in that immoral time. I mean, they, they took out prayer in the 1960s and crime skyrocketed. Bye-bye prayer, here comes crime. I mean, it's only a result of where we are as a culture and how far we've come from our Christianity, from our Christian roots. Very well said, and I totally agree with you 100% on that. And they go on uh, to say that, that Christianity the, uh, stuff coexistence is, or the tolerance is crap. No, it, it is. And what's really troubling is all these, um, these Christian leaders and pastors coming together uh, for their Christians united to talk about different moral authority on queer identity. And they say conservative evangelicals get most of the airtime polluting the image of Christianity of one that is exclusive, condemning, and archaic. And it also goes on to say that personal beliefs about human sexuality have life or death consequences in our world. The social and systematic persecution of LGBT people creates real harm, and it is not of God. And um, oh, you know, they're, 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 just, they're just mental cases. And what they're doing opinion. is saying that uh, by promoting the foundations of the Bible that God created only two sexes, man and a woman, leads to violence against LGBT people and is not indicative of the true Christianity of love and inclusiveness. It's just crazy. And that, that's not true. That's not true. I mean, Christians love you if you're homo or heterosexual. We don't hate people. We don't hate the person God. And that would, too, go against the Bible. To say that yes. they're causing violence because of a certain view would not line up with what Christianity is meant to be. Christianity be it, it, you love the person in spite of the sin that they do because we were all sinners and we all have mistakes. We all screw up. That's a fact of life. And so violence, uh, to say that on that level, it's really, again, veering away from the true word of God. God doesn't say because someone's a homosexual, go and cause violence or go and uh, do this. Or if someone's an adulterer, go and cause violence, go and do this. That's not what God's about. And right. I think that it's the it's the left painting it in a very bad light when that's not what Christianity is about to begin with. Well, you know, what's messed up is that they're they're actually promoting and encouraging people to embrace a sinful lifestyle that is completely opposite of what the Bible says we need, we need we need to do. And then those people who have the discernment to point it out as being a sinful lifestyle are labeled as haters and enemies and intolerant of even the Christian religion. And this is how perverted Christianity or the idea of Christianity has become in the minds of the American people. 
That's right. Now, Lisa, we, we only have a minute before you go. I, I wanna, I just got an email here. I've gotta communicate this to you. Um, one of, uh, a, a frequent guest on our show and a, a brilliant author at the Hagman Report as well as American thinker Peter Barry Chowka, uh, sent an email. When you were talking, and this is circling right back to when you came on the show, uh, Peter Barry Chowka, uh, says small world, basically. Uh, he, personally attended the very hearings in Washington, D.C. that you talked about um, back in the March and May of 1977. The very hearings that you, that, that you referenced. And now, it's a small world indeed. Um, you, you may want to talk with him. It's, a, it's an amazing, I mean, this man, uh, so he's an eyewitness to exactly what you opened with on this program. And, and he adds that they got a, a fair amount of uh, uh, mainstream media coverage at that time, and uh, what a different Congress it is today versus the 70s. Wow, I should get him on. <laughs> indeed, indeed, yeah, he's he's an articulate man. But but Lisa, thank you so much. You and Diesel. All right, thank you. Lisa News, <laughs> as so, well as the, her YouTube channel. Go to folks, go to YouTube, go and find Lisa Haven and subscribe to her channel. You can also find it off, off of her website, lisahaven.news. Lisa, we thank you so much. It was a, a very fast and great interview. We look forward to having you back on and keep up the good work. All right. We'll be right back after these messages, folks. Don't go anywhere. We have Coach Dave coming up at 830, and he's got some pretty interesting stuff to get into, and then Pastor Langford will be joining us at 9. Next segment is news. Don't go anywhere. Greenovative. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. What Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right, You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a bang, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid. When other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night, go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Folks, in these uncertain times, it just makes sense to have a sustainable backup method for accomplishing one of life's most important tasks, and that's preparing food. This is the way to go. There is nothing better than a Minuteman rocket stove from MinutemanStove.com. We all need a way to cook and a method to process water. I mean, think about it. Think about the many things that could happen to you. Minuteman rocket stove can provide your family or group the perfect solution. It's small, lightweight, wood-burning, and every bit as powerful as a kitchen stove. It's smoke fully self-contained for clean storage and transport. Because it's so efficient, it cuts down on your wood gathering and processing chores to a tenth what would be required if cooking the old-fashioned way over an open fire. So don't rely on gas or fuel stoves. Prepare your family. Prepare for yourself. Order a Minuteman rocket stove today. It's going to make bad times much better. Folks, MinutemanStove.com. MinutemanStove.com. Need I say more? 
You should have a Minuteman, the survival stove in an ammo can. For investors, Timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified, accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com. PreciousTimberProfits.com. Ladies and gentlemen, to this hour number two on this Hagman Report, um, we are going to be covering some news in this segment. We have Coach Dave Dobmeyer going to be joining us after the uh, after the segment is over. So we're going to hit a number of news articles, news items here today. Uh, Houston begins to dry out as death toll reaches 22 from Harvey. Um, looking at some live feeds here of what's going on in Houston, the floodwaters are still. Um, creating just, you know, the storm of the century there in, in Houston. Thankfully, the rain is gone, but some of the uh, dams and, and reservoirs have been doing controlled releases of water, and that has been leading um, dry areas, or areas that have been dry, uh, to, to get some water, and even shelters are now um, taking in some water, as I believe the last count was 35,000 people are being housed in shelters across the city. Because they were displaced from their homes due to the floodwaters, and the death toll again continues to to rise. I would say it's very low at 22 for the um, the amount of devastation that we're seeing on the news. But again, folks, the uh, the Hurricane Harvey is still wreaking havoc as it's going over Louisiana. Now they're calling for we're seeing flooding in south southern Louisiana. And they're calling for five to six inches of rain, even in Nashville, Tennessee, in the next few days as the storm moves up into the Midwest. And that would be um, a really bad thing to happen as Tennessee, especially Nashville, has had recent uh, devastating floods uh, just in the last few years. So we're going to keep our eye on this and continue to see uh, where this goes. Now, um, Dad, I don't know what you want to get into here in this hour but or in this segment, but folks, if you go to HagmanReport.com again, there is a number of stories up there, as well as uh, Peter Chalka's article about Kathy Griffin and the return of Kathy Griffin coming back out into the uh, news to take back her apology of the severed Donald Trump head and saying that she's not only not sorry, uh, but basically that she would do it again and is just you know flip flopping these. These celebrities, uh, I don't know how many people saw, uh, the only reason I knew the Video Music Awards were on MTV this Sunday is because I watched a video of Mark Dice, I believe it was on Tuesday yesterday, where he played some clips of a number of musicians like Katy Perry 
and others who were there, and they were talking about how they were coping with the Donald Trump presidency, what they were doing to cope with it, and how they need to continue to resist to impeach him. Um, and it led me to another Internet article I found that was on a forum that talked about, you know, the difference between conspiracy theorists and what we see with the left and their conspiracy theories. And the the, the gentleman made the argument that, you know, the conspiracy theorists that more often than not are right in uh, their assessment of things always are looking for the truth as their goal. When they're looking at these theories, they want to get to the truth. And then they go to point out on the left, every single conspiracy theory that the left has created has the same goal. And that goal is not the truth. That goal is the removal of Donald Trump trying to reverse the election results and get him and Pence removed. And it was kind of funny to read uh, as the guy was, was making fun of, um, you know, these left-wing conspiracy theories that they can't even do it right. Uh, but anyway, we see... You know, well, let me just jump in because I, I think it's so important for people to understand. You know, we talk about the shadow government, and we're going to have on Friday, we're going to have... Uh, the shadow government's coming on Friday? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But no, no, on Friday, we're going to have Kevin Ship on, and that's going to be a great show talking about the shadow government, the deep state, and the difference between the two, and I did a, I did a show on that on my, on my morning program. But and, and I was going to get into I was going to get into this maybe I will tomorrow morning as well. But when you look at the writings of George Soros, I'm getting pretty doggone sick and tired of this idiot uh, still sucking air. Uh, George Soros, all right, I'm tired of him. But you got to listen to what he's saying um, in his books. For example, The Age of uh, uh, Fallibility, The Shadow Party. Uh, by George Soros. My time as a Nazi. Yeah. Well, the, specifically the Shadow Party. And, and think about this. The five, or the Soros formula, there's five steps to the Soros formula. The first one is to form a shadow government. The second one is to control the, the media, control the airwaves. The third is to destabilize the state. The fourth is to engineer or evoke or provoke an election crisis. And the fifth, of course, is ultimately to take power. And he describes the United States, of course, as being the main impediment to a one-world government. Having said that, if you look at the formula that he has, including former shadow government, check. We have that already built in within the infrastructure of our of our country. And now we have this Obama uh, shadow government that's in operation on Embassy Row, along with Valerie Jarrett. They've got a skiff in their house. Who knows? I got a skiff. Yeah, in my house, right? Wrong kind of skiff, but I digress. Um, control the media, and, and that's what we're seeing take place right now. Control the alternative media or the independent media to be precise. But the other side to that, and this is what Peter Barry Chalka, this to me is, and I mention him a lot because this, look, this is a big deal when you start controlling the airwaves and start controlling the uh, narrative on, uh, you, you control, you take out Fox, for example, you take out, not Fox necessarily, but you change, you fundamentally, to borrow a phrase, change the Fox News conservatives and take out Sean Hannity, which of course is their goal. Um, and look what they did to Beck, all right? And look how Beck changed, and, and it's it's an it's an amazing thing to watch. 
We, by the way, will never, ever, ever stray from our mandate. Because if we do, we're going to lose our platform. Because I don't believe our mandate is, is of man. I believe that we were put here because we're not professional broadcasters. You can tell that. We don't claim to be. We're investigators. We've got no business being broadcasters. We're investigators just telling the truth. And, and, the, and the, the bottom line is if we stray from that, you know, then I, I, I think we'll lose favor from our creator and uh, uh, who put us here. But that said, uh, we're seeing the control of the media take place and destabilization of the state through Cloward Piven and um, but the delegitimization to evoke an election crisis that's still pending right now that's still still going on Joe I mean for crying out loud you've got Mueller You're still pushing that Russian narrative read, you know I'm, I was just reading about Mueller right now there's a headline on Drudge the main headline Mueller teams up with Trump nemesis teams up with New York Attorney General and Manafort probe and I'm going to read part of this article. It's all garbage anyway. Special counsel Robert Mueller's team is working with New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman on its investigation into Paul Manafort and his financial transactions, according to several people familiar with the matter, you know, some of these anonymous sources. The cooperation is the latest indication that the federal probe into Trump's former campaign chairman is intensifying and could potentially provide Mueller with additional leverage to get Manafort to cooperate in the larger investigation into Trump's campaign, as Trump does not have pardon power over state crimes. Anyway, this whole thing is garbage. Stuck camera. This whole thing's garbage. There is no evidence of any wrongdoing by Trump's campaign. There was no collusion with Russia. There never was. There was collusion between Hillary Clinton, John Podesta, and Russia, and Uranium One, and the Russian banks that Podesta worked and lobbied for. Uh, you know, aside from Trump holding the Miss Universe pageant in Moscow in 2012 before he was president and maybe, you know, staying in Moscow on vacation or on business trips, that's about the extent of his involvement with Russia. But we have this never-ending, you know, deep state Obama, Soros, Clinton uh, attack and Russia narrative that just won't go away. It's like Hillary Clinton. It just won't go away. And as much as people don't want to hear about it, don't want to see it, there's nothing there to see. It is just lingering. And they're going to continue, like I said before, this Russia conspiracy theory, like all other leftist conspiracy theories of this day, has one goal only, and that is to reverse the election results by removing Trump from office, which will never happen peacefully. We have a stuck camera. Hence the oh, so it was you on camera the whole time I'm talking. Yeah. Awesome, John. Way to work that camera. <laughs> that's why. That's why John is the program director and Eric is the camera whiz. No, it's you got to learn the software and learn how to do it. And because if you don't do it right, you can screw up the sound and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, good job, John. All right, moving on here. Um, we see uh, a number of, as I said with Lisa Haven, a number of people calling out Antifa for being, you know, these um, violent thugs. The mayor of Berkeley is calling them is calling them a gang, even though he privately supports them and their efforts. And there is a uh, rally upcoming in Berkeley of Milo Yiannopoulos and Coulter and a number number of others holding a free speech event, where they are asking them to stay away, even though. 
the students that are hosting the event or putting on the event have paid $15,000 for security. And Berkeley says, you know, um, we have to let this go on. We can't cancel it. We can't um, basically get in the way of this. We have to let this go on. So they have to find out, hopefully find a way for the police to be able to uh, control the crowd every time something has a conservative speaker has tried to go into Berkeley to talk. We have the Antifa people in the streets rioting, burning stuff down, attacking innocent people, and the uh, this trend continues. There's an article on Daily Caller: Antifa assaulted comedian who attended Berkeley protest as a popcorn vendor uh, because he was being a capitalist and selling pop or selling peanuts and popcorn. They said that he was a Nazi for being a capitalist and beat him up, and there's video of that on the Daily Caller. Now, we also have Antifa targeting the police and urging, uh, they have a new slogan, you know, no cops, no America at all, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, something like that. Um, oh, this article I want to make sure we hit. It's your favorite person, Dad, Linda Sassor. Linda Sassor is back in the news for uh, putting together uh, urging Hurricane Harvey, using Hurricane Harvey to solicit donation, not for relief efforts, but for labor groups. Linda Sassor, a Palestinian-American political, act- political activist terrorist, that's my, that's my word, took to Twitter early Tuesday to ask for donations for a Harvey Hurricane Relief Fund, but some, organi- some of the organizations to receive the money are highly politicized. The primary, primary organization spearheading the funding is the Texas... Organizing Project Education Fund, a labor-affiliated group known for demonstrating against what it deems are inequalities in society. On the funding page, Sasor, linked to which she host, hosted by the Texas Organizing Project, it greets users at the top with the message, Donate to Hurricane Harvey Re- Community Relief Fund. The page lists off a number of prominent liberal organizations towards the bottom that are apparently s- sponsoring the relief page including massive labor unions like the uh, Communication Workers of America and Service Employees International Union, Faith in Texas, a group that advocates for economic and radical justice, and there's 20 other, um, or there's among other groups that are there, at least 20% of SEIU's budget went to political endeavors, according to the Free Beacon. Anyway, Sassor is using a page soliciting money for disaster relief, instead using it to... Uh, what she says is help victims of marginalized communities. Not even sure that the money is going to go to anybody in Houston. That's, so there you go. And, and that's how they do it. Yeah, it and says the fine print for the so-called yep. relief fund makes yep. it clear that funds, that it funds workplace organizing efforts rather than direct aid for Harvey victims. That, that's right. So I, I, she should be sued. Yeah. And, and you've got the, the, we talk about this, and I talk about this, the red-green axis. You've got the communists and the Muslims, and you've got the overlap between the two. And there's a symbiotic, albeit very convoluted relationship between the two, one that you wouldn't think it works, but there it is. And the, uh, the, the common factors include the string pullers and the money, the, the, the funding that goes into both groups. Are much you know much of the same now, on on the same, moving just briefly, just adjusting briefly out of Linda Sorsor to uh, the Congress, Awan Brothers, 
the Awan criminal cabal. Luke Rosiak's going to be on uh, Fox tonight. But, look, there's a lot of things going on with the Awan brothers, the largest spy ring in Congress. I've written about this on HomelandSecurityUS.com. I've talked about this on my morning show. In fact, tomorrow I'm going to be talking. Uh, in fact, you know, I don't know. I'd like to do a poll if I could. Can I do this? Sure. All right. How do I do a poll? I mean, I know how to do a poll, but how do I do one effectively? Do I just ask people to send in emails or what? Maybe we can put something on, on the website that well, has Well, how about this? Or... Uh, how about, uh, John, you are, uh, in the studio right now, of course, is Eric, the tech, and John. All right, uh, John, maybe you can monitor chat. I don't know how many people are in chat. I don't have. Whatever, okay. Um, you consider the people that are in the chat some pretty loyal listeners or, okay, all right. Uh, when I say loyal, I mean well informed, I guess is what I, so how many of you would like a special broadcast on what, what, what we know or what I know through research of the Awan in infiltration of the, of the Congress? Because keep in mind that as a, as a investigative agency, I've got, we, but I signed the dotted line, I've got access to proprietary databases. So if I want to look something up, property ownership to, oh, I don't know, something very personal, I'm able to do that. We're able to do that as an investigative body. Now, having said that, do you, does everyone, is everyone on the same page with, with about this particular infiltration, AWA and the Awan, you know, George Webb, I would attribute him as well as Luke Rosiak and, and, a few others to, to really, you know, give them the attribution for, for bringing this into the open. But is everyone up to speed on that? And I guess the poll would be, do you want me to do a special on that? And that I'll just leave it at that. But but the thing is, the Imran Awan, as you pointed out earlier, backdoor access to the network that is still active. And when I say backdoor access, I'm talking about backdoor access to the House of Representatives, they still have access. A secret account, sec, uh, secondary account. How in the world is this allowed to, to continue? That's my question. How is the IT staffers or the IT department at Congress, are we, are we that, are we that compromised? Andre Carson, Keith Ellison, the, the, the two Muslims in Congress, do you see what happens? Linda Sassor, Hurricane Harvey. And, and the relief efforts. Muslim Brotherhood influence. Huma Abedin, Muslim Brother influence. With Sir Sewer's mother, Muslim Brotherhood, uh, uh, directives, basically. But, uh, Abedin, same thing, I suppose. But, uh, Awan Brothers, the, pa- the, uh, Pakistani nationals in the, in the Congress. And, uh, you've got, you've got probably a dozen. When it's all said and done, you've probably got a dozen of Pakistani nationals slash Awan associates that are, um, six million plus dollars over the course of a dozen years and, uh, the complete compromise of the, uh, U.S. House. But there you go. I was just curious. All right. Go ahead, Joe. Well, we got about what, uh, seven minutes before the, the break. I want to hit a piece on Hagman report here that we talked about on our daily show yesterday. I don't think we mentioned it on this show yesterday. But it is really disturbing, and folks, bear with me. I'm trying to work my browser here. I'm having some issues. 
there's a first grader in, uh, I believe it was a school in California. And this is on Fox News, folks. This is a really, really messed up story. And it is first grader sent to office for misgendering fellow student. A first grader at a California charter school was sent to the principal's office this week after she accidentally misgendered a classmate in what is being called a pronoun mishap. The incident occurred at Rockland Academy, a school roiled by controversy after a kindergarten teacher led an in-class discussion on transgenderism that included a gender reveal for a little boy who was transitioning to a little girl for kindergartners. Parents were furious because they were not informed in advance and were not given a chance to opt their five-year-old from the classroom's transgender activity. However, school leaders informed the parents they were not allowed to opt out, and the state did not require them to notify parents. This latest incident occurred during the first week of school when a first grader came across a classmate on the playground. She called the student by his given name, apparently unaware that the boy now identified as a girl. The innocent little first grader sees a classmate, calls him by the name she knew him as last year, and the boy reports it to the teacher. Capital Resource Institute Karen England told me the little girl gets in trouble on the playground and then gets called out of the class to go to the principal's office. The California Resource Institute is a California-based public policy group that specializes in strengthening families. So here you have a first grader who, in the first week of school, sees a classmate who she knows from the previous year and calls him by his name. But because this first grader, who was a boy, is now transitioning to a girl, has a new name, the first grader, first grade girl was sent to the principal's office for calling the boy by the wrong pronoun. A first grader in an American school. The parents say that the daughter was terribly traumatized by the incident. The daughter came home from school upset and crying, saying, Mommy, I got in trouble in school today. The girl's mother, who asked not to be identified, immediately contacted the school to find out what happened. She was told that whenever there is a pronoun mishap with this biological boy who now claims to be a girl, the school must investigate. This is a first grader. I'm going to stop. Did, now, this. didn't you, you guys talked about this on your daily show? Yeah, and uh, if I'm going to be honest here, if this was me and it was my kid, um, I would be in jail. I would be in jail. I would dropkick that teacher and the principal. And, and, and it's a first grader. That's right. And that's what's wrong with this. Going back to what Lisa Haven said, what you said about the uh, about the the, the biblical coexistence. Uh, let's all you know sing kumbaya, uh, folks. You know the God of the Bible is not the God of the Quran. The, the, the Muslims, the, Muslim, the, the God of these uh, fake Christians who just claim to be Christians but want to. Right pervert scripture to whatever it is that they believe is right, not what the Bible says is right. And and, and I'm damn sick and tired of, of these these Christians, uh, you know, the, these these Christian websites out there. Uh, and and look, I'm a Christian, so I can I can say this. You know how um, I can correct my my child, but but you know because I've got some standing there. Uh, I'm a Christian, so I feel I've got standing. But but all they do is 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 they're they're the uh, uh, it's it's amazing to me, and I don't want I don't want to get on the rant, but it's amazing to me that that we have uh, people. Now, 
I was talking with Steve Quell this morning. I guess this kind of got me riled up. It's amazing to me that we, we've got people who will say that, that we are false Christians, that Joe is a false Christian, I'm a false Christian. And um, I'll go with imperfect, not false. But but then, by the same token, you know, put uh, superimpose the face of Steve Quayle over Jesus and me over some other character. The blasphemy that, that takes place, the holier-than-thou crap that I see taking place by these nobodies who struggle for relevance, by these, but but yet they're the very same people who say, well, you know, um, as Christians, you're you're just not you're just not good Christians, and, and as a matter of fact, you're fake Christians, and, and you're 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 trying to exploit Christianity for your own personal gain, which is a bunch of crap. I mean, that's those people's opinion. They're entitled to their opinion. Well, they're entitled to their opinion, it, but, you know, but, it, but, it, but it does bother me. But at the same time, it doesn't bother me because but, we know that there these people are going to be. But there. when it costs you money and it costs you people yeah. who, 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 who they, they believe in these idiots. They they believe them and they think okay well you know and they and of course you got other others who file lawsuits against you in my view because of meritless bulk uh, claims all right so uh, that that cost you tens of thousands of dollars to to fight these uh, these these meritless Fertile claims lawsuits, yeah. all right in my view because they they in turn are struggling for relevance. Because they can't peddle a, a BS book that contains nothing, in my view, but but uh, toilet paper. All right. Well, the overall, you know, uh, it just amazes me. Yeah, and, and angers me. Can you tell? <laughs> you know, back to this uh, mis misgender pronoun mishap in first grade. Um, these parents must have more restraint than the average parent because if it were me, I would go Rambo in that school. And, 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 um, and maybe that's maybe that's why I'm angry too, because that to me, mm, a, a child, mm-hmm. a child. Not a lot gets me riled up, but when I read that stories like that, uh, I want to knock somebody's teeth down their throat. If I'm being honest, real quick here in the last minute before we go to break, exclusive email show Obama era FCC gives special treatment to liberal groups. High-ranking officials at the Federal Communications Commission gave left-leaning groups a disproportionate amount of assistance compared to right-leaning groups in 2014, according to emails obtained by the Daily Caller News Foundation. Preferential treatment transpired during a period when the public could post comments on the FCC's forum for the net neutrality debate. And the article is on Hagman Report, but it goes on to lay numbers of examples where, at the same time, uh, right-leaning groups and right-wing groups were not only being censored in some ways, but being attacked by the IRS uh, as the IRS was weaponized against uh, the right. But the left were given were given breaks by the IRS and also by the FCC, as we see. Uh, you know this, and one of the really important things that this goes on to basically uh, touch on is that the uh, the special treatment that the li- liberal groups got in 2014. It's not only in 2014. Just like with the Hillary Clinton emails, the FBI um, is still being controlled by Obama backers, just like the people in the FCC, just like the people in the EPA, just like a number of people in the White House. The deep state is still full of Obama holdovers and people who are against the American agenda, against what the people voted for in this country when they elected Donald Trump. 
and what they are doing, as Sebastian Gorka said in his resignation, are undermining Trump, undermining his decisions, and continuing to try to promote an agenda that is not the same uh, America, Make America Great Again agenda that Donald Trump and the American people voted for. These people are not only undermining Donald Trump, but they're undermining each and every American citizen who wants to see America move in the right track. Folks, we'll be right back with Coach Dave after this break. Don't go anywhere. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. There shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric's. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family, masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Trang Post in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to 18 major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We are offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Armies kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either. But they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues. And so can you. Check out our American Heritage Army's kit at www.changewoodswoods.com. Your life may depend on it. Hello, everyone. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman Report. We have a great segment planned for you right now. Coach Dave, CoachDaveLive.com is the website. He's coming in 
to talk about some of the hurricane relief efforts that is he is uh taking up and what he has done to help uh you know part of the title of tonight's show is the Cajun Navy. I'm not sure uh, I would hope many people are familiar with what that is now. Anybody who's been paying attention to the hurricane coverage and the rescue efforts will know who the Cajun Navy is. It's a group of citizens who have mobilized in Louisiana after Katrina as well as other flood disasters that come together, bring supplies, bring their boats and band together to go out and help first responders and and rescue people. And, and that's being... what America is all about. Exactly. And at this time of unity, when we see these people coming together to help each other as the way it should be, we have this left-wing media, um, you know, taking pot shots at this Cajun Navy. Um, one man with a boat rescuing families left and right had a Confederate flag hanging on his boat, and people were, you know, uh, in the media were taking him to task, saying he's a... As he's rescuing African-American families, they're calling him a Nazi. Then you have uh, Politico and other groups that are doing... Uh, Politico did a, a, a cartoon depiction, as well as uh, Charlie Hebdo did a, a depiction of a number of people in Texas drowning with Nazi flags with the, the caption, you know, uh, Hurricane Kills Nazis in Texas. It's just disgusting what the media is doing with this division continuing to promote the division even when America's coming together to help each other in the face of this natural disaster. Did you hear, uh, when, just give it a thumbs up when the coach is on, uh, but did you, did you hear all the crap that uh, the left lying ass media, uh, I'm sorry, i got to clean this no, up. Let's let loose tonight, come on. Lie, uh, We're did, almost did, there. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I, psh, lying media. Uh, said about Donald Trump and about, uh, you, you know, Hillary Clinton's out there pipping her book. Yeah, that right. Donald Trump sexually harassed her by standing too close to her in the debate. Right. It, Get away from me, creepy. creepy. But, but then, you know, she's out there pimping her book. But what, what, what has she done? Even, you know, with, with the, uh, bazillion dollars she's got in the Clinton Foundation, um, before the hurricane relief effort, nothing. She's funded Antifa. Nothing. There you go. There you go. So I guess I got thumbs up. Let's let's bring Coach Dave. Coach Dave live. Come on board, sir. Is this thing on? Hello, Coach. Coach, we can't you, hear you. You're lying to me. Coach, are you underwater? Do you need help? Blink once if you're a hostage. Wonder what's going on. Eric, do you see him? No. I thought you gave me the thumbs up. Was he on? We had him, but he's gone. He escaped. Oh, I, I, we hear a... I don't know what to tell you here, man. I'm there you go. There you go. Right there you go. I'll take that out. Does that help? You, Anything? Yes. Hagman viewing positions. Hold the... There we go. We can't, we can't see you, but we can hear you. Now we can't hear you or see you. Live radio at its best, folks. Yeah. We'll get this figured out. And even if we have to bring Coach on by phone, I'm sure we can do that. Um, because what he has to say is really important as he is um, mobilizing money and, and supplies to help the Houston flood relief efforts. Well, Doug, this happened to me last time I was on. I don't know I don't know what the issue is. I'm, uh, I'm watching you on my phone, and I got a little bit of a delay. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 no, there, there, there's a delay because I tend yeah, to say things that. really bad, and then it's got to be edited out. So there's a delay. Um, but we can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you now. 
Yeah, John, yeah. have Todd bring him on, on the phone. You know what? We're going to, uh, Coach, we're, we're going to do this via phone. Uh, we'll have uh, Global Star, if, that, if that's all right, contact you and bring you on. It would be really nice is if we had a, a little camera on Eric and a little camera on John and while well, they're sitting at their little desks and, and at the spaceship over there. Yeah. Just to see the, the inner workings of the uh behind the scenes at Hagman Airport. And yeah, yeah thank you, Todd from Global Star. Global Star is like the best. Um Todd and Global Star they're they're the best. BTR well, too. And while we're we're here, just a quick programming note for Monday, Labor Day. We will be taking a well-deserved day off on the Hagman Report. Well, some of us will. No, we're we're going to do our our individual daily show, I yeah. believe, but we're going to take the big show off. Yeah, yeah. No guests would come on. Everybody wanted the day off. Yeah. <laughs> what Labor Day? What? Are you kidding me? Actually, uh, no. It's it's going to be. Uh, we do have, and, and this is very true. We do have some investigative uh, work to do. With respect to the groups that, that we, we got some coordination to do in, investigative wise. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be investigating how burgers cook on charcoal yeah. versus gas. There you go. But, <laughs> but I'm, no, I'm serious about, about this because, um, that day there's going to be a meeting of, of the investigative, investigators that comprise the Northeast Intelligence Network, uh, at least a Skype conference call. And then from there we're going to be, uh, uh, talking about the, you know, what we can, what we can bring forth. That would not violate or, or jeopardize operational security of the investigators in the field. But just so, just so you know, and this is a, this is a good point. This is a good uh, time right now to tell you that your help, your financial contributions, are helping us get investigators into the field and in, in, infiltrate these groups and to bring you reports. For example, today I, I gave some uh, an overview, of, brief overview of uh, Philadelphia, what's taking place in Philadelphia. Although that was uh, publicized, made public on the Daily Caller about a week ago. Additional information is contained from uh, from the investigators working on these infiltrations. And the bottom line is the fact that what we're seeing are these Antifa-like, uh, you're just going to have to give me a thumbs up and I'll stop talking, but we're seeing these Antifa groups and groups like the uh, uh, By Any Means Necessary Black Lives Matter and such. We're seeing them arming themselves no more bottles and stones or if that's you know whatever they're going to weapons and they're being taught how to use these weapons i mentioned that on infowars all right we do have do have coach dave via global star radio network and uh coach dave thanks for uh thanks for your patience well i think it's on my end doug in fact the last time two times ago when i was on with you guys i had the exact same thing my the internet went down. My my cell service went down. So uh, I apologize, brother. I, old football coach in me. I try to be on time. You know how that one goes. So well, I'll, it, I'll run. I'll run a few laps and do some push-ups. Uh, no, no need for that. You know, imagine that. Um, your your internet goes and cell phone reception goes when you try to connect with us. Gee, uh, we <laughs> hear that all know? the time. Yeah, we, and yeah. we do hear that. It, it's just it, it's it, and of course I'm sure it's just a coincidence. We're not being censored, so that's all right. All right, brother. Well, man, so, you Doug, got the floor. I, uh, but I, I appreciate it. Just appreciate the chance to get on and just uh, explain to everybody a little bit what we, what, what we've got going on. You know, uh, a couple of years ago, I launched this Salt and Light Brigade, Doug, and it's been really, really 
a slow, painful process for us trying to get it, trying to get the thing up and moving. But we're at a point now where we got we're developing some regional. Uh, I don't want to call them offices, but re- regional outposts. We got one, a real good one down in Texas, that I'll talk about here in a second. We got one up in Wisconsin. Rob Pugh has got a, a facility up there. We're, we've, we're expanding down into uh, uh, the great uh, Northeast. Kevin uh, Kevin Bushy's doing a job up there for us, and so we're trying to get these little these little outposts and we're always looking for opportunities where we can get men in particular involved this time it'll be men and women because we find out that their faith really begins to grow when uh, when they get engaged and uh you know at the, at the recent uh hear the watchman conference uh, uh thanks to mike kerr and you know we ran into lucinda bailey and ray gano and we're all we're all partnering now on this initiative this outreach that we're doing down in houston and I don't need to take time and explain to everybody what's happened in Houston because it's been absolutely unbelievably devastating. But uh, we have passed Salt Ministries and Salt Light Brigade. We have a history of doing this, Doug. In fact, it was uh, 12 years ago tonight, uh, Katrina hit. That was my first uh, disaster that I was. we went down and ministered in. A year ago, believe it or not, same time we were in Springfield, Louisiana, where they had that huge, huge flood down there, and we... We uh, we spent quite a bit of time down there helping the people, uh, re- rebuilding, tearing out uh, drywall, all of that kind of stuff. And now we're we're poised, Doug. Uh, uh, we're doing some initial work. Chad Estes, who heads up our uh, brigade down in uh, down in Texas, has been doing some real good on the on the ground work. You know, it's still underwater. So when you begin to ask people what what do they need down there, well, nobody nobody even knows. It's still 15 feet underwater in some places. The water hasn't receded yet. And so uh, I'm going to fly down next week, which is the the eighth, and uh, going to do some on on the ground work. But we got Lucinda Bailey and Ray Gano, and Chad Estes, and a, a, a pastor buddy of mine, Dale Sosha. That's a, that's another Salt and Light Brigade guy out of out of New Orleans. And we're setting up outposts, uh, Doug and Joe. That uh, we think this is a great opportunity for the church to stand up and be the church. And I, I know we've all watched. Uh, from afar that the beating that Joel Osteen has taken, whether you know whether it's deserved or whether it was not, you know the fact that uh, he didn't have that church open right away for for people to uh, to uh, come to shelter, and you know it, that's just a situation in, in my my opinion of um, just poor planning, and that's something that you know, we could talk about on another show. But how many churches in America have a have a disaster plan? If your small church, large church, if disaster hits in your community, whether it be a snowstorm or a tornado or a hurricane or EMP, do you guys have a plan? Any plan at all? And it looks to me like maybe they didn't have a plan down there in, in uh, Texas, and, and Joe got a, I'm sorry, uh, Joel Osteen got a bad bad eye, or black eye from that. And so uh, I don't take a position on whether he's right or wrong. That's not what it's about. But you we, know, we're um, gearing out, Doug. We're, look, we're looking out to the, the 24th. We're clear out into the, I'm sorry, the 22nd, I think it's a Friday. We're going to start putting our first boots on the ground. We already have 30 people from around America who lined up who are going to go with us. And we're, we're working right now, as I said, with the uh, help of Ray and Chad and Lucinda and Dale. We're setting up different outposts. We know that there's going to be plenty of help in Houston. Team is there, Red Cross is there, Salvation Army is there. But we find out in these disasters that you get out into the small towns, 5,000, 10,000, I mean, they're just, there's nobody helping those folks out there. So we're going to go down like we did in in Louisiana last year, and we're going to we're going to feed them hot meals. We're, we're raising funds. We're going to feed them hot meals. We're going to cut up trees. We're going to tear out drywall. But more than anything, Doug, Joe, we're going to bring them hope. 
it's been my experience as, as I've watched through several disasters. We went, we've been to all the major hurricanes in the last 10 years. We've been to, uh, to the tornadoes. Uh, people are in shock. And, you know, here we are. The rain's finally stopped down there. Those folks are going to head home. And what they're going to head home to is going to be something that's going to be a punch in the gut like they've probably never had. And so our experience down in Louisiana a year ago shows us that uh, when we get down on the ground and we begin to cook hot meals, uh, we'll get a bunch of hamburgers and a bunch of hot dogs and a bunch of bratwurst and buns and food and set up a, a way station where we feed people. We feed the workers. We feed the uh, um people who are uh, who are homeless or eating just MREs, whatever, that that gives them hope. We think it's a great opportunity to be able to share the gospel. But I want to show, I want to give you a, a, an unbelievable story that just happened. Can you guys hear me okay, Doug? Yeah. Five by five, yep. Okay, but great. Uh, this is an amazing story. You know, we started raising money uh, on Monday. First thing, up, we, we jumped into action. We saw it, uh, uh, Kevin Bushy we began to put a plan together what we are going to do and how far out we were going to work and I immediately uh, put up some uh, some feelers to try to raise some funds, and we are raising them at CoachDaveLive.com. CoachDaveLive.com. We love people to, to help us out. But here's how. Here's the miracle. Of what we find out happens when uh, when we just step out and we let the Lord use us. Folks, let me pause just a second. FEMA is a government agency. The Red Cross is a quasi-government agency. The Salvation Army. God bless the Salvation Army. But they're almost hand, handicapped to the point now that they can't really share the gospel because they're taking so much government money. They're really, really leery. We think this is a gospel moment, a gospel opportunity. We think that people out there are probably more open to hearing about Jesus than they've ever been in their life. So that's why what we do through the Salt and Light Brigade, we put men and women on the ground and we work with local churches, not the mega churches. We're going to find some church in a small town that's got a hundred members and just a loyal pastor that's trying to do everything he can to keep his, his flock up and going and serve their needs and we're going to come in and we're going to surround them and we're going to bring supplies to them and we're going to minister to them and we're going to feed out of that church and we're, as I said we're setting them up in about four different locations but I had the most amazing thing happen uh, on, on Tuesday yesterday I think it was maybe it was Monday my, day, my days all run together probably for you guys too I got a, a call from uh a buddy Rusty Thomas and said, "Hey, you got to get a hold of Chris Keys. He's down there in Houston. He can probably help you." So I, uh, uh, we just started our fundraiser, and somebody had just donated a thousand dollars online on our website. And I pick up the phone, I call Chris, and uh, Chris answers, and he's in a boat. Now let me back up a second, Doug. Yo, Chris Keys, this is this is a great guy. He's one of the eleven who was arrested in Louisville, Kentucky on Mother's Day weekend blocking the abortion clinic door. <laughs> this is what this is the type of character this guy is. He's always rescuing people, always rescuing them. And so I get get a hold of Chris, I said, What's going on? He starts telling me, Oh, coach, the water is high, people are stranded. I came down there and brought my boat. I got five other guys that are coming down with their boats and man, there's a lot of work to be done. And you know, Joe, Doug, I'm thinking three weeks out here, right? And I'm saying, said, wow, Chris, that must be amazing. He says, Coach, we're working as hard as we can. Run amount of money. He said, I don't have any money. He went into a problem he was having with his, he, he run, owns a, his own business. His own business had been down. And said, I'm out here, Coach, I'm just, I'm just flat broke. And I said, are you kidding me? I immediately got on the, on the Internet, and I wired that $1,000 that was given to pass the salt for the release. I wired it directly to a, 
the four guys who were getting ready to come down and join Chris with their boats, I wired the money to them. They brought the money down and handed it to Chris, and Chris has been keeping those boats running over the $1,000 that we, somebody who, I don't even know who it was, somebody anonymous online, donated $1,000. And Chris called me last night at 4 in the morning. 4 in the morning. He said, Coach, I'm heading wow. up there. I'm heading to Port Arthur. He said, if nobody's helping anybody down in Port Arthur, and because I'm calling you for prayer because to be honest with you, Coach, it's, it's dark, it's pouring rain, and it's scary. And I'm just telling you the truth. I'd appreciate your prayer, and we're going to go in there and try to rescue some people. And then he says this, and as he's getting ready to hang up, he says, okay, hey, Coach, by the way, by the way, thanks for the money. We rescued 50 people last night. Man, Doug, that made the hair that's stand awesome. up on the back of my neck. And so that's what we're already involved down there with, with, you know, we call it, they call it the Bayou Brigade. They call it a lot of different things. We're helping those guys down there. So we're gearing out, Doug, to the 22nd, the first weekend of the 22nd. And we're looking for, we're looking for financial support. Uh, people can donate online at, at, uh, coachdavelive.com. We're going to spend every dollar that we get. We don't have any overhead. We don't pay any, any employees. Yeah, we'll buy our guys a meal. We may give them some gas money, but everybody coming down there is a volunteer. And we're down, we're hitting the ground on the 22nd with, with 30 people. As of right now, 30. Probably we'll get more. And we're looking for more, uh, Doug and Joe. And we're looking to stage in maybe three or four different small towns and churches. And we want to be able to financially walk into that pastor and say, what do you need? What does this community need? And then be able to financially provide it for them. So that, that's an overview of what's going on. And, and I know that's that boots on the ground. That's boots on, boots on the ground. Boots on the I mean, ground. And it's an opportunity to make the church great again, brother. We've got to get, we've got to get people to quit depending on the government, standing around waiting on FEMA. Come on, man. That's, that's not, that's not where it is. And this is a great opportunity. It's a horrible, horrible tragedy. But brother, what a chance to go out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mike Kerr from Here the Watchman, he just, uh, Got a couple of uh, cases of Bibles. We're going to hand out Bibles. We're going to be praying with people. We're going to bringing be bringing hope to people who really don't have a whole lot of hope. Now, now, Doug, you know somebody could give us somebody could give us a million dollars. Here's the truth: those people have lost four billion dollars. Four billion dollars they've lost, and they say, "Well, coach, what? Why do you even waste your time going down there? You can't make a difference." They say, "Well, you know, you could give us a million dollars." We probably couldn't make a difference, but we can sure go give a lot of people a lot of hope and encourage them and 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 maybe network people with churches, brother. Yep. And you know, it's never, it's never a lost battle. Um, even, even that little bit. It's, I I remember the, I, I I love this story about the little boy and the old man, little boy seeing the starfish on the watch, you know, from the high tide and, uh, they're going to die. And so the little boy's walking. Along the beach and throwing the starfish one by one back into the water, and the old man coming up saying it's not going to make a difference. And the boy looks at the old man and says it made a difference to that one, and this one that he throws back. You know, so it does make a difference. It it, it, it makes a difference to those guys that who pulled those people off of their roof. It makes a difference to that person. I, I can guarantee you, it makes a difference there. And I had a guy call me today. This is this is just this. There's all kinds of great people out there. Here's what. Listen, folks. We're trying to give you an opportunity to plug in. Yes, we need your financial support. CoachDaveLive.com. Yes, we do. But we need you. And we want to set up over the next however long, Doug, uh, 
six weeks, a month, we want to set up relief efforts where we will rotate crews in and out down there to try to help those people get back on their feet. The scripture tells us that hope deferred maketh a heart sick. So I'm going to fly down on next next weekend, and Chad and I, we're going to, and Dale and Ray Gano and Lucinda, we're going to go find four or five churches, and we're going to find places where people can come, come down there. We're not going to spend money on hotels. We're going to find churches that they can sleep on in sleeping bags or whatever. We're going to feed them. <clears throat> we're going to rotate crews in and out and just try to share the love of Christ with these people who have dug. They have lost everything. Sitting right there in your studio, you and Joe, you look around, or Joe, you think about when you go home and you look around, just to think about if you got up tomorrow and it was all gone. A lot of them don't even know it yet, Doug, because they're not in their houses. They're in, they're in uh, sure. shelters and all that kind of stuff. And our experience yeah. is they're going to go home this weekend and people are going to be there to help them. And then gradually life begins to get back to normal, but it doesn't get back to normal for those people. They, their cars are ruined. The refrigerators are ruined. Everything's ruined. And about two weekends out, which will be the 22nd, that's when we're going to amp it up and we're going to hit the, hit the ground and we're going to deliver supplies directly from our truck to the people in need. Not to the government and let the government distribute it. Not to the, not to the Red Cross. This is people to people. I look them in the eye, share the hope of Jesus Christ with them, and uh, give them a reason to stand up and, and keep plugging plow, away. And, Coach, this is exactly what we need. Um, and we talked about this on The Daily Show yesterday. It's setting a very bad precedent for people um, to rely solely on government, whether it's for food stamps or whatever it is, and, and the disasters are no different. If you're sitting around waiting for the government to come help you and then, you know, getting mad at the government and saying, oh, you know, where, you know, where's my, uh, you know, disaster assistance? It's all well and good to get some assistance from the government, but people need to understand you're setting a dangerous precedent relying solely on the government. And what you're doing, coach, is enabling the people who are there as American citizens to help other American citizens, uh, to continue to be able to do that outside of the scope of FEMA. You can't wait for, uh, you know, when a natural disaster happens, you need that sense of community. You need that sense of coming together and helping one another. It, to sit there and wait for the government, the government does not need to take care of us from cradle to grave, even though some people really believe that, that that's what it's there for. And, you know, it is it is really the opposite. And it's great to see the people uh, coming together, working together, putting aside any differences, get, getting supplies, money, whatever it is, to go down there and help these people. Uh, because they're going to need all the help they can get. This is an unprecedented natural disaster, and just because the the loss of life is is relatively low compared to the scale of the disaster, it doesn't mean that that you know half of the Houston city area that these people's lives are going to have to start over in many cases. And now yeah. they're changing the laws about the insurance, and only two in ten have insurance down there. It's going to yeah. be one of the most expensive natural disasters in history, and we need to show our support to our fellow Americans by helping them as much as possible. Doug, the truth is, Joe, the truth is, their eyes are turning to the church. That's why I'm not bashing Joel Osteen. I'm sure that he feels sick about whatever whatever happened there. But the eyes looked at the church, and they saw that the church wasn't. The church is no more prepared than anybody else. We can't let it be like that, brother. We have to, when people get into tough times, they have to know that they can turn their eyes to the church. And I believe that they're listening to the sound of my voice. They're a... They're, they're a thousands and thousands of people who, who could give give 50 bucks and there are hundreds of people who could come and help 
and we want to we want to connect with them. We want them to go to our website, CoachDaveLive.com, and connect with us and say, "Put me in, Coach. Plug us in. We would like to be able to help and make a donation if you can't do that." I had a guy call me today. Think of this. He says, "Coach, I heard that you're down there. I think he's from Columbus or Cincinnati. I don't even know where he was." Left a message on my phone. He says, "Coach, I heard that you guys are going down there, and I can't go. I'd love to go, but I can't." And coach, if you're heading down there in the next couple of days, please swing by my house. I got a couple of jet skis that you can take with you. Now, can, can you imagine that? This guy doesn't even know me, but w- this is opportunity with all the all the fighting and hatred and deplorables, everything that's going on in America. Man, oh man, what an opportunity for us to stand up and say, you know what? You guys are wrong about us. It's not Antifa that's coming here and feeding your belly. It's not Antifa that's coming here and pulling drywall off. It's not Antifa that's coming here and giving you diapers and baby food and feminine products. It's not Antifa. It's those others. It's those, those ones that they've been telling you about. And it's, a, it's an opportunity. As I always say, Trump can't make America great again. Only the church can make America great again. And this is a great opportunity. So our appeal is help us financially if you can, folks. Go to our website, CoachDaveLive.com, and uh, you can uh, donate there. It's, it's uh, fully deductible. But... Uh, some of you, we need you on boots on the ground. We'll organize. Or how about this? Maybe guys out there, your church, your, your church uh, men's group. Hey, listen, get 10 guys in your ch- church men's group, and we'll plug you in. We'll give you a place where you can go in a church where you can r- uh, sleep and take showers and then all day help the people because it's, uh, Doug, I saw, I saw Katrina. I, I saw some of those hurricanes. I saw Joplin, Missouri. I saw that flood last year in Louisiana. They say this is like something we have never seen. And uh, even though we can't make a difference, Doug, we're going to go be that, pick up that little starfish, brother, and we're going to throw him back in the, in the, in the water and say we made a difference to that one. A- a- amen, amen. And, and, folks, I can guarantee you um, the most effective person in the world to handle this, I think, is Coach Dave Dobmeyer. And, I got a great team, Doug. Yeah. I got a great team. Kevin Bushy and Ray Gano and Lucinda. You know Lucinda from. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got great people. Field social. We got great people. I got a great team, and great you, you teams do. are are good when you when you equip people to do what they do best, and uh, that's what our salt and library is all about. We're excited about the direction it's gone, and and uh, we need a lot of folks to jump in and help us out in this in this initiative. Yeah, you know what? We we don't need to report how bad it is. Uh, Coach it's Dave, bad. it's bad. Yeah, it, Coach Dave is down there uh, making a difference, and his team, Salt and Light Brigade, we're fully behind you, Coach, and thank you for what you do. Thank you. It's an honor to be on with you guys, Doug, Joe. Uh, thanks for everything you do. Love your morning show. And uh, hey, Doug, I, I felt bad coming on. You were you were amping it up again there, buddy. Just before I came, like, that hair was starting to stand up on the on the back of your neck. Uh, I, I know, man. I, I, I know. Had to break in on it, you know. No, no, I'm glad you did. It's it probably saved uh, saved me from uh, a number of things, <laughs> folks. We'll be right back. I you. feel you, brother. I feel you. Thanks, Coach. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. 
Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest-yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high-net-worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. At HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. segment and each and every Wednesday in hour three we are joined by Pastor David Langford from the Voice of Evangelism and we're going to be getting into a number of issues with Pastor including his new book The New Jerusalem Bride folks it's a great book I had a chance to finish it um, this last week and I really did enjoy it Uh, Pastor it's great to have you back on the show it's a joy to be with uh, you gentlemen tonight and uh, to always break the bread of life the word of God and hopefully edify the people of God and just uh, try to look into what God is doing this end time hour. Yeah, it is. You know, there's a lot a lot going on. We still have the, the rumors of wars with, uh, you know, the stuff going on with North Korea. We have this, uh, you know, catastrophic flooding in, in Texas. We have this political violence and, and climate of political violence in this country the lies of the mainstream media and the deep state and shadow government and their hatred against the American system of government, freedom, and everything seems to be upside down. Well, there's no doubt about it, Joe, and you know everything that you just said, the Bible has addressed those issues. You know, Matthew 26, 4, you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. 
see that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And we have to understand, Jesus said, this must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And so you know, we're witnessing much saber-rattling, and uh, you know, Donald Trump kind of spoke a little too early, and he was respecting how Kim Ung had kind of backed off and chilled out, but there seems to be no real sign of that. He's already uh, ratcheting up again, uh, and I, I really do anticipate these things coming to, to, to fruition, all because that's what the Bible says, you know, and, and, and so when Jesus said, you sure hear of wars and rumors of wars, he says there's going to be uh, a hearing, there's going to be a report. That's actually what the word rumor there in the Greek means in your strong, exhaustive concordance. So we're witnessing that. Um, I do believe, I know there's a lot of talk about these weather wars that are generated by by mankind, but you know, before this hurricane ever made landfall, there were two um, high pressures. One was over the Montana, Wyoming area, turning you know clockwise, and then another one over on the southeast quadrant of the United States, turning. And what it was doing was just pulling the 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 the, the Harvey, the hurricane, right up into Texas, and that's why it was able to stay there for such a duration and this relentless rain and uh, of course God has promised he would never destroy the earth again by water but the next time he would destroy it by fire but you know I don't know if people remember uh, the lesbian mayor uh, who was out to get all pastors sermons she uh, was Mm -hmm. the mayor from 2010 to 2016 and you know the only one she didn't go after was Joy Osteen and his sermons because he attended her gay wedding. Um, you know, when when men sin, God is not re- reactionary. God responds. I, I preached a message years ago about reaction, reacting and responding. A reaction is a scientific term. For every action, there's a reaction. You take a three-pound uh, ball-peen hammer, you hit an anvil, the hammer will bounce back. That's a reaction. But a response is something that's deliberate, something that's thought about, something that's contemplated, meditated over. And I believe that's the way God operates. God is not a man. So God's not going to respond. I mean, God's not going to react. God is going to respond. And, of course, man has his own part in God's response. Uh, If man repents, then God is merciful. If man fails to repent, then God is so righteous and so just, he must mete out some type of judgment. And, you know, I thought about of all the the states, all of the uh, cities in America, that we saw this one event wherein this mayor was adamant to destroy. And there were, I'm sure, without a doubt, uh, pastors in Houston preaching against homosexuality. And, you know, today we're... We have a phobia. If, if we are against something, uh, we have a fear. That the, phob- the Greek word is phobos. The English word is phobia. Simply meaning that you and I or anyone else has a fear. If we're claustrophobic, we're, we're, we're fear of closed spaces. Uh, there, there are many phobias. 
but there's nothing wrong with my mind uh, in that I believe sin is evil and sin is wrong, and there are consequences. Um, there's an Old Testament passage in Hosea chapter 10, verses 12 through 14. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Ye have plowed wickedness, ye have reaped, excuse me, ye have reaped iniquity, ye have eaten the fruit of lies, because thou didst trust in thy way and the multitude of thy mighty men. Therefore shall a tumult arise among thy people, and all thy fortresses shall be spoiled. So the prophet of God here is admonishing Israel, sow to yourselves in righteousness. And what does that mean? Stop your sinning. Now, I know today people don't like to identify sin. They don't like to call sin what it is. They don't like to identify sin because that is judgmental, they say. That is uh, condemning. That is demeaning. Well, if you read the New Testament, Jesus addressed it so many times, and the epistles uh, from the apostles were constantly addressing sin. And so we, we, we have to sow to ourselves in righteousness. And he said, break up the fallow ground. That's ground that has been dormant for so long. It's hard. It's crusty. Uh, you know, you've got to plow it. You've got to disc it. You've got to till it. You got to work on it. Well, this is what's happening to our, our nation as a as a people. Our ground is becoming fallow, hard, crusty. And what are you going to see now after all of this rain in the Texas state of Texas? You're going to see mud and slush. Uh, once it dries to a certain degree, you can begin to plant if need be. But my point is, he said. You, you, you've got to break up this fallow ground because we're going to reap what we have been sowing. Now, I, I know people don't believe that, but the New Testament equivalency of that is Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. And, it, and Paul begins this by saying, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to his spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. This prosperity message is fostered out of Houston, Texas by this pastor. You know, God's best days are ahead of you, or got your best life now. How, how, how do you justify that message in a time like this? I was praying the other morning, and I was on my knees, and the scripture came to my mind in Job 14, 1. Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. And I begin to think about my own personal life. I'm 62 years of age, and I begin to think about my own life. And I thought about the, the, the times, the duration of joy, the duration of everything's great, my, my family's well, my kids are well, I'm not having any problems with my children and having four children. You know, when you got one going great, you got three going wrong. You get three going great, you got one going wrong. 
and and it all the, the the deaths my mother my dad my grandmother my granddad I just buried my uncle back in June and I was just thinking Job is so apropos when he said man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble out of 62 years I doubt I've had a, a, a full year of absolute peace and joy and comfort and placidity. It just doesn't exist. All, all I can basically remember as a child was the turmoil, the tempest in my home with my mother and my dad, and they divorced, and my grandparents took me in. And, 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 and I'm saying all that to say this. Our lives are continually troubled. And, and when I begin to think about how much trouble I've had and I compare it to how much peace and placidity I've had, the, the trouble far outweighs the days of joy, the days of peace, the days of contentment, when everything is going just absolutely right, running well, no opposition, no problems, everything's running smooth. There is so little of that. And what I've come to understand, those, those durations, those time of duration of, uh, of, of peace and comfort, they're becoming more compressed and more short-lived. You know, you may be on the mountaintop today, and you may be on the mountaintop for three, five, ten days, maybe even a month, but you can be assured something will come to disrupt that continuity of peace and, and comfort and joy. The devil is relentless. He's untiring. He is the prince of the power of the air. And, and I thought about this today. God doesn't have to send judgment on America. Just remove his hand of protection. You know, you, you know, you, you, he don't have to send an angel like he did in Second uh, uh, Chronicles twenty-one and one, where Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel, and then God sent the angel and he destroyed seventy thousand men. God doesn't have to do anything; just remove his hand. Now, he did mete out that judgment on David. But it was the devil who brought great judgment or great tribulation on the man of God, Job. What did God do? God removed his hand of protection. He removed that hedge to the degree he told Satan, you could take Satan, put him in your hand, but you can't take his life. So he pushed the man of God uh, to the max in troubles and trials, discomfort, his body, boils, sores. I mean, just you name it, he was going through it. And that was from the enemy. So so God just pulled down the hedge and took his hand of protection away all the way from Job except to one degree and said, you just can't take his life. You can do anything you want to. So all God has to do is say to the devil, I'm pulling back my hand from America. And don't think for a minute, Satan is not going to run in like a flood that's what the Bible says, Isaiah 59, 19. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. God moves his hand, and this flood of iniquity, storms, disaster, death, ruination, whatever that it might be, it comes in. And only God then can raise up a standard against that to stop it. What would cause God to do that in our behalf? Repentance. Back in Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. He said, For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Righteousness is the blessings of God himself. 
and he admonishes Israel, it is time to seek the Lord. Now, I appreciate everything that everyone is doing and trying to mitigate, to ameliorate, to lessen the suffering of the people down there in Texas. There's, there's no greater kindness than having love one for another. But my question is, when it's all said and done, how many people down in Texas will repent and say, God, I'm sorry for my sin. Am I somehow responsible for bringing judgment on my own state? Am I, do I hold a, 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 an element of responsibility of what's taken place? Isaiah 55 and 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. This is how the land will be healed. We've heard it quoted, and I don't think we ever really fully understand, Second Chronicles 7, 14, 15. If my people, not the world, not the sinners, he said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attend unto the prayers that shall be made in this place. Where was the place? The place was the temple of God. The glory of God had just come down and filled the temple that Solomon had dedicated to the Lord. But America needs a healing. And uh, I believe it was Coach Dave I just heard, this is only going to happen through the church. The church, instead of preaching prosperity, needs to preach repentance. I've shared this many times. Every one of you listening tonight, most of you, if you're a Christian, are familiar with Deuteronomy chapter 28. That, 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 that chapter came up today, Joe. You and I and John were, were, were talking. There are 68 verses in that chapter. 68 verses in the 28th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. Let me, let me show you something. Only the first 14 verses speak of blessing. The other 54 verses speaks of cursings. What does that tell me? Living right is not hard. It's not something that one cannot obtain. It is not something that one cannot come to know and to the knowledge of. But our hearts must be right with God. So God says, I got 14 verses here, and I know man gave it chapters and verses, so don't nobody try to correct me on the, 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 the canonical part of the scriptures. I understand how the canon was brought to fruition, but my point is, you got 14 verses that talk about blessing, and then you have 54 verses that talk about curses. So God overwhelmingly says, if you'll just do the simple thing and live right, I'll, I'll bless you unbelievably. But if you don't live right, I also will curse you unbelievably. Because sin is a curse. It's, sin is a, is, a, is a detriment to every one of us. And, and when these things happen in, in, in our nation, we, we, we don't like to talk about it as being, it could ever be about sin. But that's why God gave us Deuteronomy 28, gave us all these blessings, 
which are, as I said, few in number when you when you take the 68 verses, just 14 speak of blessing, 54 speak of curses. And so how many preachers, when you turn on the radio, you turn on the television, how many preachers are preaching a message of repentance? Get right with God. Get right with God. The first words that Mark recorded that Jesus ever said, and this is according to the Gospel of Mark, was Mark 1.15, where Jesus said, The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Those, according to the gospel of Mark, were the first words the Holy Ghost unctioned him to write to pen relative to his gospel. They're called the synoptic gospels because they are synonymous in tone and in tenor. But we don't preach repentance. Everything that we're witnessing in America at the end of the day is a sin issue. It is a sin issue. And therefore, Hosea, the prophet of God, is telling Israel, you got to break up your fallow ground. It is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Ye have plowed wickedness. And, and man, have we ever seen wickedness plowed in this nation? Ye have reaped iniquity. Iniquity is the, is the axe. Uh, you, 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 the sin is, is murder. Thou shalt not kill. The act of it is taking the person's life. That is the iniquitous part. That's the act of the sin. That's what that is. Uh, thou shalt not steal. Well, the, the physical part is taking that money, taking that bribe, whatever the case might be, extortion, blackmail, and you took that and you possessed it of your own will, of your own volition. That, 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 that's what that is. And, and that's the iniquity part, the, the iniquitous part. That's, that, that's what Achan did. And, and see, God was going to prove what were in the hearts of the people of Israel. Now, God didn't need any gold and any silver. The streets in heaven are paved with gold. The walls are jasper. The gates are pearl. Not pearls. It's not plural. It's one. I can't imagine a pearl that huge. That's a monstrosity of a pearl. The gates are of pearl. They're, they're, un, they're unfathomable. But see, God wanted to prove what was in every man's heart. So he told Joshua, when you go to fight the Amalekites at uh, Ai, he said, the spoil is mine. I want it. Well, what did Achan do? He stole a wedge of gold and hid it in his tent. And that was the iniquitous part. God's command was, I want the spoils. Now, God, of course, has no need for the spoils, but God wants to find out what's in people's hearts. So he proves them to see where their hearts are. He proves a nation to see where its heart is. And uh, this, is, this is what is so tragic, because when he proves us to test us, see, when the Bible said the devil came to Jesus, when the tempter came to him, the word tempter there in the Greek means he came for one reason, he came to make Jesus evil. He was trying to uh, make Jesus evil, and of course he started by questioning his relationship, if thou be the Son of God. That was really the first temptation, not turning the stone into bread, but his first temptation was questioning Christ's relationship with the Father. Are you sure you're the Son of God? If you're the Son of God, then turn this stone into bread. So he was coming to make Christ evil. Now, the devil tries to make us evil. Christ will prove us, like he did Abraham. He'll test us to see what's in our heart. Is our hearts pure? Are our hearts pure? Matthew 5, 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Or is my heart corrupt and defiled? So... He says, I want the spoil, because he knew what was already in man's heart. 
And so when Joshua lost, I believe it was 36 soldiers, Joshua goes back to the Lord and says, hey, what's going on here? We're not supposed to lose any men. You're with me. You said you would be with me as you were with Moses. What's happening here? He said, there's sin in the camp. Now, that one gross sin brought death on 36 homes, families, moms, dads, whatever, husbands, wives. My point is, look at the enormity of the sin in this nation and what it's doing to us. And somehow we think we can keep going on and on and on, and there'll never be any repercussions. You have plowed wickedness, ye have reaped iniquity, ye have eaten the fruit of lies. Not fruit of, of flies, but fruit of lies. This is all we get fed 24-7 for the most part, and the fake news, Congress, Senate, Supreme Court, etc., etc. We, we keep being fed the fruit of lies, and, and he said, thou distrust in thy way. We're trusting in man's way and not God's way. Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And so because we have trusted in lies, we've been fed lies, we eat lies, the fruit of lies, and we trust in the way of a man, then we're going to be a great, he said, there, there shall be a tumult arise among thy people, and all thy fortresses, fortresses shall be spoiled or ruined. And, and that's, you know, kind of where we are tonight, guys. And it's not a pretty picture. And um, that's why it's imperative that we repent. We, we may amen. not want to admit it. Go ahead, Joe. No, I just wanted to, to say amen. And, Pastor, earlier in the show, we covered a few articles that were, you know, just very troubling. One was about a first grader in a school in California who was sent to the principal's office for calling a classmate who was a boy uh, by his name, even though the boy is transitioning to a girl, she got in trouble for that. This was in California, and you know, reading that story just made my made my blood boil. But also, there's another story about these this 300 Christian pastors, uh, hundreds of Christian leaders. I don't know. Did you hear about this Nashville statement, Pastor? No, I didn't. Where, okay, there was a a statement. Uh, the Nashville statement uh, was a uh, a statement issued against the um, Christian and LGBT community coming together, perverting you know the scriptures in order to uh, bring in you know the LGBT agenda into the church and accepting the gender you know these different gender roles and and accepting homosexual marriage. Well, hundreds of Christian leaders denounce anti-LGBT. Nashville statement, and what they're saying here is that um, after evangelical leaders released a manifesto railing against same-sex marriage and the LGBT community in the Christian church, hundreds of Christian leaders uh, came together and issued statements saying, every human being is created in the image and likeness of God, and that great diversity expressed in humanity through our wide spectrum of unique sexualities and gender identities is a perfect reflection of the magnitudes of God's creative work. And these are, are 300 plus Christian pastors, as well as thousands of other uh, so-called Christians coming together believing that the there are uh, that it wasn't just two gender roles that God created, and saying that homosexual marriage is not a sin and 
it's just amazing to me that these people are calling themselves Christians. Even pastors of churches are coming together supporting this gender-bending homosexual agenda, twisting and perverting the Gospels in order to uh, make it seem like those who don't accept it are not Christians, when the, other, the opposite is true. The people who are promoting this cannot be Christians because they are perverting the Word of God to make it fit what they believe uh, the way it should be. And we are... And, 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 mo- go ahead. And, and that is so true. You see, you, you, you well said that. These people are professors and not possessors. They're, they're professing something, but they don't adhere to the, the doctrines and the tenets of Christ. Where in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 did we see God create a sodomite or a homosexual? We did. Good point. Yeah. You see, he now, created I, man I, I, and woman, man that, and woman, that, and marriage uh, between the right. man and that woman. As, as one fellow said, God made them Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. We, we don't see that. And, and the New Testament condemns it profusely, you know. And, of course, they say the book, the Bible, is out of date. It's, 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 it's not concurrent. But this is the problem. The Word of God has not, never been contemporary. But when you have contemporary furniture, that simply means it coincides with this particular era, this dispensation of time, uh, this generation. You know, I'm a very, I like traditional furniture. I, I admire, I appreciate the, the art and the craftsmanship of wood, how it's been carved out, all the little niches, all the little crannies, and the, they, they make, you know, like rose petals and all of this great, uh, ornate, uh, craftsmanship. And, 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 and yet contemporary can be, you know, just a, a board with, 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 with two little brackets underneath it. And that's, that's it. And that's, that's contemporary furniture. You know, you see it changing always in houses. Uh, what, what's the modern cabinets? What's the new cabinets? And you go back and see the old cabinets that are very beautiful and, and august. I mean, they're, they're, they're the craftsmanship. Just like God, when uh, Moses had to make all the, the elements and the implements in the Old Testament tabernacle, uh, God told Moses, he said, I'm going to place a spirit upon these men, and they'll be able to have this workmanship, this craftsmanship, in them, it's innate, and they'll be able to, to form all of this, which was a gift from God. Any, anybody that can paint or create that kind of substance, it is a gift from God, and that becomes perverted through mankind. But when people no longer adhere to what the Scriptures admonish us, what they teach us, then they're no longer a Christian. You see, a true Christian could never... What's the word we uh, use all the time uh, in uh, when uh, Islam Muslims are coming to America? Uh, they don't acclimate. They don't. They don't blend in. Uh, can't think of the word right now. But if you were to leave Christianity and try to hold on to your Christian identity in Islam, they will kill you. Why? Because you're not conforming to the Quran. See. But yet people want to come in and say, but I'm a Christian. But they don't conform to the Scriptures. You know, uh, how is it we got lesbian pastors, we got homosexual pastors, and the Bible gives us a clear distinction about a bishop in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. A bishop, then, must be blameless, the husband of one wife. 
how then can a lesbian woman be the husband of one wife? She can't. That's why she's a lesbian. See, the scriptures are always alluding to male and female. Even 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 in uh, uh, 1 Timothy 5 and 9, Paul says, Let not a widow, that's a woman, a widower is a man. But Paul said, Let not a widow be taken into the number under threescore years old, having been the wife of one man. See, male, female. Well reported uh, for good works if she have brought up children, if she have lodged strangers, if she have washed the saints' feet, if she have relieved the afflicted, if she have diligently followed every good work. It doesn't say well reported for good works if transgenderism have brought up children, if transgenderism have lodged strangers, if transgenderism have washed the saints' feet, if transgenders have relieved the afflicted, if transgender uh, have diligently followed after good works. No. She's constantly called a she because she's a woman. And, and, and it's just, I mean, the simplicity and the clarity is throughout the entirety of the scriptures. And yet, they have the audacity when you tell them the truth, that's hate. That's not the love of God. That's not the love of God. You know, this is why people are deceived. They, they, they want to believe a lie. You want to believe it? No problem, God says in 2 Thessalonians 2.11. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. God says, is that what you want? I'll let you have it. You know, how many times have we we done something, and our conscience was being pricked, stirred? I mean, the Holy Ghost was saying, oh, yeah. don't you yeah, don't yeah. go there, don't do that. Yep, you get the thought in your mind, that I'm, uh, maybe I should go do this, and then you get that feeling, well, uh, should you really go do this? <laughs> See, what's uh, you better think about that. The Spirit of God is telling you with a good conscience that's wrong. Now, you can override it. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. The Holy Spirit spoke to the psalmist David a hundred times. Bam, 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 bam. Get off the balcony, quit looking at that woman, get back in your own house. But he liked what he saw. And being king... He coveted another man's wife, and he said, go get her and bring her to me. And he reaped what he sowed. Absalom slept with all his wives on the top of his own house, made a mockery of the psalmist David, but God told him because of his sins, and you didn't repent and make it right. I had to indict you through the prophet Nathan. Nathan, see, when God has to indict us, then he has to judge us in some kind of, adjudicatory punishment. He has to do that. Now, if you come willingly and you repent on your own will because you've got a good conscience that the Spirit of God is dealing with you, that's when we get mercy. That's why one is judgment, the other is mercy. I deserve judgment, but because of my repentance, my willingness to make it right with God, I then get mercy. Psalms 147, verse 11 says, The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him and in those that hope in his mercy. 
I, I hope in God's mercy every, every, every day of my life. I pray, and I remind him, Lord, I need your mercy. I try to show mercy. Matthew 5 and 7, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You know, and, and, and today, it, it, everything is just skewed. Everything is just out of balance, you know. And, and again, we, we have no witness in the Word of God, either either Old or New Testaments, where God embraces homosexuality, lesbianism, whatever the case might be, pedophiles. Um, uh, when Paul used the term effeminate in Ephesians, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 6 and 10, he's talking about pedophiles. The Greek word uh, it says catamites, and, and a catamite is a man that is having a sexual relationship with a child. When he said effeminate, I uh, said 1 Corinthians 6 10 and 6 9. And then he says, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Now that phrase, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, that phrase is talking about adult men practicing sodomy. But effeminate or effeminacy is is that soft, uh, delicate little little well, I'm just gonna say it, queer boy, man, messing with a child. He's effeminate. Say he's a catamite, the Greek says. And, and, and this is how they, they twist and they warp little boys' minds or little girls' minds and make them believe this is normal. And the child knows it's not right, but they're coercing, they're forcing, they're twisting, they're talking, they're luring. If, if it's right, why do you have to seduce them? You know? And, and, and how a father uh, could, 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 could molest his children. See, I, I don't understand these things. I do. Because it is sin, but my mind, I can't, I can't understand that. Why would any, even a, even a, a sinner man, uh, that say he was a drunken sinner man, could ever touch his little three-year-old daughter? How do, how do you do that kind of stuff? You know, I, I can, I'm convinced it is demon possession. They have given themselves over to a spiritual entity, and that spiritual entity has taken a place of residence within them, and they're doing what that spirit does in most mental institutions. When people are at their last state of psychosis, they start taking their clothes off, and they get naked. Why? That is the nature of a disembodied spirit. Disembodied spirits are unclothed. The man of the Gadarenes, in uh, Luke chapter 5, he was naked, he was in the tombs, he was in the, the, the caves, cutting himself. He was That was your first cutter. You're talking about this person's a cutter, that person's a cutter. No, that was that's been going on for thousands of years, folks. It's demon possession for the most part. He was a cutter, and but when Jesus got through with the man of the gatherings, the Bible said he was clothed and in his right mind, which tells us he never had his right mind. It, 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 it never existed until Jesus came along, and that man had res or the, the the spirit of god came and took up residence then he got his right mind i think i said luke 5 it's mark chapter 5 that man was out of his mind he was literally insane why because the devil had taken control entirely of his mind and so he the bible said he was in the mountains he was in the tombs he was crying and cutting himself with stones but when jesus cast the demon out the Bible says when they came and they found the man, he was clothed and setting 
at the feet of Jesus and was in his right mind. See, that, that tells you something right there. These people, whoever they are, that are in these vile sins are not in their right mind. He was clothed and in his right mind. I'll, I'll say something. I know we was going to talk about the book, but I've come to the point I'm not worried about the book anymore because this is more important. People out there are wondering, why is that person behaving that way? Why is that behavior? You know, And then, the, then they try to treat it with drugs, sorcery, pharmacia, pharmacy, drugs. They try to treat it. You cannot treat sin with drugs. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can take away sin. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can make a person whole. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can make a man's mind right again. See? And, and today, you, you, you look at situations and you say, are they crazy? They are absolutely crazy. They, they've lost their mind. They, they have given themselves over yeah. to sin. It's terrible, brother. It's absolutely heinous. No, you're exactly right. And the more that we see, uh, you know, these people... This generation is is more so removed from from God than the last generation, and you know it, it's it's a, a cascading effect. And as these people not only you know mock God, scoff at God, and deny Him, they're going to continue to you know reap what they sow, and the godlessness will increase. And this is what we are seeing because when we see such a disconnect from reality, I was watching a CNN clip of. Uh, Allison something, she was the host of the panel of six Trump supporters and they were asking about Charlottesville and even her, the host, asked the panel, well what do you think about the President Trump's refusal to denounce uh, white supremacist groups and everyone in the panel said, you know, what are you talking about? He did it like six times within the, the first three days after the incident and she still, you know, no, no, no he didn't and, and it's like um, it's like these people are are either intentionally uh, being so deceitful that they're just lying to, to forward the narrative, or they are literally that deceived, and maybe they can't even see reality for what it is anymore because they're that, so blinded by that deception through the godlessness. See, that's what sin does to man. You know, we've, we've all been sinners at one time or another. Sin, if you fondle it, you coddle it, you play with it long enough, it'll take a place in your life and build a stronghold. It will build a stronghold. And that stronghold is, 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 is reinforced by the powers of darkness. And Satan is a master. We, we, you say, well, I don't know if that's true or not. Well, let, me, let me give you a Bible for what I just said. In uh, Matthew 12 and 43, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, what does that mean? Some men have unclean spirits in them. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. Who's he talking about? He's talking about that unclean spirit. He's the one on the prowl. He's the one trying to find another place of residence. He's trying to find another body to inhabit. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. 
And when he has come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. In other words, this person didn't stay in Christ. They didn't abide in Christ. And so Christ's spirit now leaves them, and now the vessel, the clay jar, our bodies are an open sepulcher for something now to come back in. And here's what Jesus said. When that demon comes back, he findeth that person, that vessel, findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he, who's the he here, the unclean spirit, and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also under this wicked generation. One and seven is eight. Eight always means new beginning. All, even in music, you got eight notes in an octave. When you get back, you have to go to another key. You know, it's another octave. You, you step up. Jesus is telling us, if you don't keep the Spirit of God in your life, in the degree that it needs to be, these unclean spirits, they're walking, seeking somewhere to take up residence. And he not only went back himself, but he brought seven more with him, seven other spirits more wicked than himself. Now, I don't know how wicked this one unclean spirit was, but compound that now, and you got eight. Seven and one is eight. And they were more wicked than he was. So what does that tell you? Just exactly what you said. These people are so delusional, they're so deluded, they're so corrupt, they're so perverted, they can't see the truth. And so their worst, their, their, their latter end, their, the last state of the man, Jesus said, is worse than the first state of that person. And then he goes on and says, even so shall it be also under this wicked generation. Every generation becomes more wicked. You know, um, there was a time when modesty was, was an attribute that not only men possessed, but women were modest. That day is gone. That day is gone. I've said this as a pastor, and I'll get flagged from this, but that's okay, because I'm just going to tell you the truth. There's not a lady listening to this program that if I went to your house and rang your doorbell or knocked on your door, if you're a godly woman, you would come to the door in your bra and panties. You wouldn't do it. But you'll go to the beach, you put on less than that and walk around. You're, you're pleading, look at me. Look at my body. Look at me. And men do the same thing. I mean, you know, these... The, the, these egotistical maniacs. Uh, it's, just, it's the same, both man, men and women. Why? Why? Because there's looking for fulfillment. And the danger when you go down that road, you don't know what you might give over to unknowingly. See, that, that, that's why I, I believe this. God knows why. It's more important to talk about these things than I, and for the last month than my book, but when people are fornicating and committing adultery, they're opening up their soul to demonic activity that is supernatural in its in its in its in, in the mannerisms. You're, you're, the Bible says, "Neither give place to the devil." You're giving place to spirits. Why? Because you're sinning against your body now. 
see. And, and, and so these demons look for a place to reside. And you can see it in some people. I've witnessed it, how they can be docile and pleasant and, 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 and behaving very well, and bam, just that quick, something triggered. What did it trigger? They said, they got a bad temper. Oh, no. No, there's something living in them that has dominion over them, and they can't control that any longer. It's, just, it's like alcoholism. You know, I, it's not a disease. It's, it's sin. It's the only disease that we bottle, and we stamp it, and we sell it, and we tax it and make money, and we are purveyors of a disease. Who in their right mind would, 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 would sell disease? Well, if you get a sexually transmitted disease and go to the health department, they want to know everybody you've been in contact with. Why? Because you're going to kill people with your venereal disease. Who'd you sleep with? And, and they start the chain reaction. And, and the law will let them pursue you to find out who you've been with. With alcohol. Oh, no, we sell it and make money. But it is a disease, the doctor says. Alcoholism is a disease. The only disease we sell, we tax, and we buy, and we, we're purveyors of it. Something about that's just not right. But see, that's, that's, that's the personification of humanism. I know more than God. Man has humanized God and glorified his own flesh. We, we've, we've humanized God, and, and we think we are as smart as God. We have the knowledge of God. But at the end of the day, we're nothing but fools groping around, not knowing really anything at all. And yet we, we think we can solve our problems in this nation. I mean, look, look at all the stuff now that's coming out on Michael Obama. You know, we, we all knew that, that that was a transgender, you know. But yet people say, oh, no, that, 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 you, you guys are crazy. You're, you're out there in left field, you know. Well, as soon as Joan Rivers says it on CNN, two weeks later, she's dead. She's dead. Yeah. She said, everybody knows we got the first gay president and trainee in the White House. And, and the guy says, what, 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 what did you say? Oh, we all know what she said. But see, somehow, sin brings delusion and, and, and a, a resistance to the truth. You know, there, 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 there's, there's a, a, in engineering, there's stress and there's resistance. And, and the devil uses many means and modes and methods to create a, 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 a system of resisting. We hear that, you know, obstructionist, resisting, whatever, not trying to cooperate. Satan, there's a spirit of that. You know, we're told to have the spirit of resisting the devil. James 4, 7, resist the devil, he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to you. See, so, so what does the devil do? He tries to counterfeit that true spirit of resisting evil, and these people capitulate and give over to it. And then when we come along and say, but let me tell you the truth, they say, no, that's, what you're saying is not true. That's hate. That's really a lie. That's not true. We're all God's children. Listen, sin is what makes people evil. God, God doesn't make people evil. It is the, when the devil came to tempt Jesus, I told you the word tempter there means he came to make him evil. Satan's trying to make all of us evil. It is God, through his vicarious work on the cross, that tries to make man good, but he has to repent and let Christ be the Lord of his life. That's, that's, that's the key, see. Uh, I don't know how people get along without God in their lives. Uh, what, what about the, the, the dear lady that drowned?
ground and her child was hanging on to her and survived. You couldn't hear of a worse tragedy of that little child trying to, that, that she has so much life yet in her body. She's trying to survive, trying to live, and her mama was already dead. That is so, that is so terrible. That is so sad. That is, that is so heartbreaking. And, and why is all of this taking place? It's very simple. The wages of sin is death. You, you see, God didn't intend for Adam and Eve to ever die. But because they sinned, he said, the day that you partake, you shall surely die. And they lived, Adam lived to be 930 years old. He didn't live out that one day or that 1,000 years. Peter said one day with the Lord is as a 1,000 years and a 1,000 years or as, as one day. He didn't live out the whole day. And from that point onward, man's years begin to diminish more and more and more and more and more and more. And so now we've gotten into all of this transhumanism, transgenderism, hybrid this, hybrid that. It's like the whole you know, hybrid cars, hybrid golf clubs. I mean, everything's becoming a hybrid. And there are hybrid spirits out there. That's why some people have this, what they call a split personality, you know, schizophrenia. That, that's nothing more than demon possession. That's, that's not that person. Well, they, they got seven uh, voices, seven minds. No, 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 that's, 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 that's demonic activity being made manifest. And so if they can't figure it out, they just drug them up and say, hey, put them on a flat line, emotionally, mentally, in every other sense of the word, and now you can, you can deal with life. You'd never know joy if you didn't know sadness. You'd never know sadness if you didn't ever know joy. You have an ability to appreciate what it means to be happy. Got a, I got a letter from a lady of the day. Uh, she had her, her knees operated on, and, and she first time went up the steps without pain. And she said when she went to pray, she knelt down and she just wept. And I said, those tears were a sweet-smelling aroma. They were a bouquet to God, your tears were, because you were thankful. You were grateful that you didn't have pain in your body, because pain it, pain wears people down. Pain wears people out. Pain is, it, it just usurps energy from one's body, and, and, it's, and it's devastating. And, but Jesus, see, he took all of that on his body, on the cross, that we can have life and have it more abundantly. I, I want to take a, a, a moment to pray, Doug, Joe, before we leave tonight. Amen. For the people Pastor, keeps... Yes, let's do that. I, I, I hope no one thinks I'm being hard or harsh. I'm being real. I'm being real. Amen. If you go to a doctor, he says you've got malignancy in your body, you needed surgery. You're going to say, if, will it save my life? Yes. It, and you're going to say, do it. I'm, right. I'm out to save people's lives and, and, and make sure they make it in. You want to say something, Doug? No, sir. No, no. Except, uh, I, I, thank you for praying, and, and I think this is uh, it's phenomenal that that uh, you would do this. Yes, let's let's pray. A- absolutely, I believe in prayer. I believe there's power in prayer. Everyone listening tonight, I want you to call upon the Lord yourself as you feel led by the Holy Spirit. Whatever God places in your heart, how to pray. I want you to pray, Heavenly Father. We make no false pretense coming to your throne tonight, Lord. There is untold suffering in the state of Texas. A whole family in a van were drowned, and one son got out alive.
Lord, there is a spirit of grief, a spirit of bereavement over the entirety of the state of Texas. But I rebuke that spirit of death, and I invoke the spirit of life in the risen Christ, the Son of the Most High God. God, I tonight ask that you will forgive us of our sins. Lord, we have all sinned, and we have all come short of your glory. We have all missed the mark, and we are all responsible for the state of our nation. And I take my share of the responsibility, Lord, and I ask you tonight to forgive me wherever I have failed you and not being faithful. If I've been unfaithful in the area that I'm not even aware of, I ask for your forgiveness, Lord. And I thank you tonight. We have this opportunity around the world to pray, to call upon your name. For you said in Psalms 50, verse 15, And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. The psalmist said in Psalms 108, verse 12, Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Lord, yes, there are men and women down there helping and doing a lot of good, but that's temporary, Lord. I'm asking for eternal, everlasting help, wherein you touch the hearts and the lives of people, and they are permanently changed, Lord, not to go back into sin, not to go back into the world and the ways of the world, but to keep their affection set on things above and not on this earth, Father. I pray for Joe and Doug. And John and all the staff, Lord, at the Hagman, that you will empower them, you will help them to always acknowledge you, Lord, which I know they do. Give them an unction to operate in the Holy Ghost, Lord, to do what you want us to do, Lord, to bring on the right people, to be on the program, Lord, because we want to touch people's lives. It's not about us. It's about you. You're the Savior. You're the Redeemer. You're the Holy One of Israel. And we lift up our eyes to you because you are our source and you are our help. You are our refuge. We are nothing, Lord. We're but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. Now, God, I ask again for your divine covering. I pray you'll raise up a new standard in this nation. I pray for the president, Donald Trump, that you will touch him. You will deflect the powers of darkness that are trying to hinder what he's trying to accomplish, Lord, for you have the power in the heart of every king, for the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Bless us, Lord, and keep us, Father, and we'll give you the praise for all that you do, for it's in Jesus' name we ask it. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Maybe soon we'll we'll get into the book, but I, right now, I just feel the way that the Holy Ghost leads is the way we need to go, gentlemen. I know you all agree with me on that wholeheartedly. You know, it's amazing, Pastor. Um, we don't plan this, or at least you know, or, or at least if we do, it it just doesn't go how we plan. It goes according to the spirit. And and uh, uh, folks, uh, the new Jerusalem uh, bride is is the copy of or is the name of uh, Pastor Langford's book. It's it's a worthy read. It's a great read. But uh, having said that, I, I just want to thank you for from the heart for ministering to all of us and I know that what you said tonight touched many people uh, I, I can I can feel that myself and we needed just exactly what your message delivered we well really I thank did. you Doug and Joe both I know sometimes people think it might be hard but it's the truth and the truth is the only thing that can set anyone free lies will not set anyone free it just brings more bondage and more captivity God bless everyone tonight mm-hmm. and I pray for you guys and your work they help continue
Pastor, thank you so much. Our prayers are with you as well, your ministry, and uh, thank you for being part of part of our platform Amen. and gracing us with, with your message. All right. We God love bless you guys, you, and we love your listening audience. We'll see you next week, Lord willing. All right. All right. All right. Thank night. you so much. All right. What what a great way to end, folks. On uh, what what a great <laughs> what a great message. What a great way to end the show. And how many shows do you listen to uh, that have such a powerful message from a man of God? And, and I'm I, maybe you maybe there are maybe there are tens of hundreds. I don't know, but I'll tell you this is close to my heart. Pastor David Langford, wow, what a message, what an important message, and the prayers certainly for everyone affected by the floodwaters in the southern United States. Our prayers are with you, Coach Dave. Let's you know keep his support, um, support him, his efforts. So it's it's kind of a one-two punch. We've got the the physical relief, and we've got the spiritual relief. Folks, tune in tomorrow. To, to Doug Hagman's show, Hagman Daily Show, and then tomorrow night we've got Dinesh D'Souza coming on, talk about his new book as well as uh, Steve Quayle and Tom Horn, and then on Friday, oh Kevin Ship, oh my goodness, buckle up for that one. And I'm sorry, Scott Greer, yeah, that's I'm sorry about that. Until tomorrow, may God bless each and every one of you, and thank you so much for your belief and your trust in us. Good night.